Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Plato and Nico Bryant, proudly presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. We got a bunch of stuff to get into. NHL expansion draft, first and, and foremost. Actually, not first and foremost, but that's coming up tonight. We'll talk plenty about that. But NBA Finals recap. We stayed up late Tuesday night to record it. Right after the game happened, the Milwaukee Bucks are your 2021 NBA champions. Congratulations to Giannis Antetokounmpo for winning NBA Finals MVP as well. And uh, who says mid-market teams are dead in the NBA? But obviously, we still got plenty of great stuff with our segments, what's brewing, uh, and this week's factor cap. It's a little uh, enticing, a little, little interesting with the Cal Ripken and some more baseball stuff. But other than that, follow us at FEOTB Pod, all of our social medias. Be sure to subscribe on our YouTube channel and on your favorite podcasting platforms. Leave a five-star rating and a review. Helps us out a bunch when you guys do that. Um, but yeah, I think other than that, Nico, you know, the Suns, you know, the Suns in four guy, he had a good run. Suns one and four, right? Suns lost four in a row. Suns one and four. Lost four in a row. Duck season. Lavison. Ladies and gentlemen, man, record where if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the NBA finals just ended. So I wanted to take the time for my session this week to tell the people who don't know the story of Giannis and how he became the superstar he is. First of all, Congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks in that NBA championship. But Giannis Antetokounmpo, I'm probably 100% saying that wrong, has one of the best stories you will ever hear. The kid grew up in Greece. He, he when he was drafted, fun fact, this is, I love this story. I'll, I'll tell this as much as I can. When he was drafted to Milwaukee, his first paycheck, he sent to his, his whole paycheck, sent to his family back in Greece. And everyone knows he has he has one younger brother, or actually he has two younger brothers, and another one that's that's coming up here soon. But every single Antetokounmpo brother who has played in the NBA has an NBA Finals now. But when he was drafted, he sent all the money back to his family in Greece. The very first week, he was walking to games. He didn't have money for an Uber, for a car, didn't have a driver's license. He was walking from his apartment in Milwaukee to games. It didn't take until someone recognized him on the street to be like, I can, I'll, let me drive you. I know who you are. This is like, that man is the face of the Milwaukee Bucks. And what we are seeing now with basketball and with these different things, Giannis has set the standard for what these small market teams can do. Look at what the city of Milwaukee is right now. Look at how they have embraced that man, that kid from Greece. Giannis is Giannis is a once in a generational type talent, and he did it through all of hard work. He came in weighing 190 pounds. He weighs 230 right now, and it is all lean muscle. Uh, Gian, Giannis is the definition of what work is and how hard, he, how how much if you put your mind to it, you can you can achieve whatever you want to do. He could have taken the easy way out. I said it 
on this show, like very long, like months and months ago, Giannis, it was a mistake signing Giannis to that max deal because he's not going to win anything. But here he is proving me wrong. Uh, he he is the face of not only the Milwaukee, the state of Wisconsin, <laughs> the state of Wisconsin, because number 12 Aaron Rodgers is not going to be there much longer. He's the face of that state. He's the face of the Bucks organization right now. He is right up there. He's etched his name in the history books along Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Oscar Robertson, and many, many company. He is the first player says Bob Pettit in 1966 to have a 50 point closeout game 50 years nearly since that has happened and he had 50 10 and five blocks tonight he look he is he is a remarkable talents and a remarkable person any anyone that's heard any story from him listen to him talk about anything he is he is the most fun loving kid and he's only 26 year old and it's only just begun This episode of the Far End of the Bench is presented by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fanatics.com. Nico, you just said it. We're uh, we're recording this the day before you're going to hear the rest of the – or the day after you're going to hear the rest of the episode, right after the NBA Finals are over. Um, we put out the poll earlier today. I think a lot of our listeners thought that it was going to go seven. The Suns were going to come back and, and even the score. We have a lot of listeners that are from Phoenix too. So that, that was no surprise. Yeah, no, there is definitely a little bit of a bias towards, you know, a good portion of our listeners with your your school being in Arizona. And I have a couple of buddies that are big Suns fans. So obviously it's disappointing for them, but it's, think about it on the Milwaukee side. I mean, that was a 50-year championship drought that the Bucks organization just ended and did it in emphatic fashion. So I, I don't I think we should start, you know, let's start where we ended last week in the series. And that was at the point where neither team had lost a home game. Um, we were going into game five. And, and honestly, I think both of us pretty much assumed that the home team was going to win out and then it was going to come down to a deciding game seven. Milwaukee, though, I mean, I don't know. You're obviously more of a basketball guy. So I'm going to give my layman's view of it first, and then I'll let you actually break down what happened. But in just what I watched, I watched the whole second half. I was listening to our friends over at Hilo Sports. Shout out Hilo Sports because they might end up winning the ColorCast NBA competition after tonight. But that was great team basketball for a good portion of the third quarter from Milwaukee, getting all the right contributions from players up and down the floor, especially on the defensive end. That was that was incredible what they were doing. But really the Suns, for as much leadership as we thought CP3 brought to the floor, the Suns looked out of sorts pretty much the whole second half. They never were able to like establish what they wanted to do on the other end. They kept it close and kudos to them. Like getting that score back tied at the end of the third quarter was a huge feat for the way that they played pretty much that entire 12 minute stretch. It's just incredible to see, like, they, they never got into a rhythm in the second half, and Milwaukee's defense, whatever scheme that they came up with at halftime, kudos to their coach because, you know, it basically looked like scheme outweighed talent on the floor, and the Suns just were never able to overcome it. I'm not going to give all the credit in the world to Budenholzer, first of all. Budenholzer is, is a decent coach. He's part of the Popovich coaching tree. There's no doubt about that. But let's talk about the defensive – studs they have first of all drew holiday said i am going to take it personally to make sure chris paul and devin booker don't have their nights and he made their lives living hell especially game five and game six 
Game five, especially Drew Holiday with a strip to, on Devin Booker to seal the game. Everyone's calling that a foul. He got ball. I'm sorry. He got ball. And and he his presence the whole game, he was – I mean, I remember talking about this. They gave up four first-round picks for him. He's worth it because they won. Everyone was like, fuck, man, those are so many first-round picks. Do, doesn't matter because they have a ring. And and Drew Holiday, man, what he like he made their lives living hell. This is a team without Dante DiVincenzo, who is another good backcourt stud that they've had for a lot of for a few years now. And they, they the Bucks, what the Bucks did is they got the contributions from everybody else. You look at what the Suns were looking to, Devin Booker was trying to do way too much. Why was Giannis so effective? Because everybody else was getting into the mix. Guys like Bobby Portis, guys like um, Chris Middleton, who was, who was a bona fide star. Guys like Brooke Lopez, Splash Mountain, one of the, one of the best nicknames in sports because of the, how big he is and how much he raids it from three. Splash Mountain was getting into it, man. They had contributions from every single person on that team, and the Suns did not have that. Guys like DeAndre Ayton, who was a stud, who dominated both the Lakers, the Nuggets, and the Clippers, was a no-show. And that was kudos to the Bucks too, because what they made what they made to do is they made Aiden a one-dimensional player. They said you are going to only be a defensive player. We are going to come at you downhill and make you draw a foul, or you're going to make us foul you, or your life is going to be hell. And what you saw Game Five and Game Six, Aiden was hesitant to shoot the ball. And you could talk about Devin Booker's shooting numbers and how he needs – he's not he, he, uh, those are not Kobe numbers and blah, blah, blah. Devin Booker did everything he could. Chris Paul disappears. <laughs> I, I, newsflash, I know this is – everyone thinks this is brand new, but I've been watching CP3 for 15 years now. This is nothing new. Chris Paul is a leader. He's a great regular season leader. But what comes to postseason, talk about New Orleans. He is a part of the worst – NBA playoff loss in NBA history by the hands of the Denver Nuggets, by the way, by 56 points back in 09. He was a part of that. Two, two, he's lost 3-1 series twice, once in Houston with the Rockets and a second time with the Clippers. He, he is, he's a guy that is a leader, but he shuts up when, 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 the, when the light is on him. And you want that team, they were looking way too much to him. They, they went away from Devin Booker. They went away from DeAndre. And they said Chris Paul wins the championship. I'm sorry. There's a reason why he hasn't made the NBA Finals in 15 years. There's a reason to it. And, and this, this Suns team had so, is, is such a good team top to bottom. They, guys like Mikhail Bridges who went off in different series, guys like Jay Crowder who was a 3 and D type of guy, were no-shows, completely neutralized. And the Bucks said, "You're no one. Else, we're gonna make sure that the stars are locked down and make sure, and let everyone else beat you." And the Suns just did not have that. I want to go back <laughs> to DeAndre Ayton because he's a guy in the Clippers series. We we talked about when the Clippers look like they maybe will come back and make that a series and push the Suns to seven. He was he completely disappeared in that game that the Clippers were able to beat Phoenix at, and same thing tonight. I mean, he was in foul trouble the whole fourth quarter. And there was nothing he was going to be able to do. There's no nothing anybody was going to be able to say. Like, I, will, I, I think Monty Williams is a great coach. He's a guy that if I was playing basketball, I'd want him to coach me because of the way he can connect with guys. He didn't didn't matter what he was going to say that night, tonight. DeAndre Ayton just wasn't there. 
Chris Paul, I, I was about to tweet it, but it w- wasn't going to make sense in, in Twitter form. So I'll put it out this way. It makes perfect sense for Chris Paul to have his best game of, be the game that they end up losing in. So we can say he still left it out on the, on the floor. There's five other games that he just didn't show up for, but Hey, we, we're, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to trash Devin Booker for doing what he can. I mean, eight, eight of 22, he not good. Very, very, very not, tough. Not good. Night. He had a very, very tough night. And talk, going back to the Chris Paul thing, we are very lucky Giannis is the freak, is a freak. Because that dunk at, at the end of game five, that is one of the most chicken shit moves you will ever see in a Chris Paul. No one's talking about it because Giannis dunked that shit over the top and he has the ability to stay standing up. Chris Paul shoved him, shoved him almost into the backboard with, if, it was, if that was a normal person, a normal person going up, that guy's on the floor injured. Giannis with the knee trouble he had, the back trouble he had, Chris Paul, that got blown by just so easily. And, and man. Imagine people, his reaction if that happened to him, if the roles were reversed and somebody did that to him. Granted, Chris Paul would never be dunking in an NBA game, but just somebody yeah. goes after him the way he went after Giannis. How far would he flop? Like, where would he end up? Would he be in the third row, up in the up in the second deck? Where would he end up? In, he, he, in he'd be all the way in the rafters. Um, but man, people were having a conversation. Well, Chris Paul's top three all-time point guards. Fuck no, fuck no. I'm sorry. There are echelons to the point guard tier list. First of all, Magic Johnson, <clears throat> number one. That's there. There's no argument about, about that. You could put. Oscar Robertson in that conversation too. Number two. Number three, pains me to say this, Steph Curry. He's in that top tier. Then their second tier. Then you have the Steve Nashes. You have the Isaiah Thomases. And now you have Chris Pauls. Chris Paul is going to be etched in history alongside Steve Nash as never being able to win the big one. It's ironic that it was, they both were never able to win the big one in Phoenix. But that's just the way it is. I love Steve Nash, but he never was able to go over the hump because of a guy named Tim Duncan. And, man, Chris Paul had the chance, had the chance with his young team. The Suns lost how many in a row? Four. Four. Yeah. Karma's a bitch. That's all I'm going to say. Four in a row. Ball don't lie. That – oh, I'm just oh. – Thank you, Bucks. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was so pissed because, or two weeks ago, I was like, Bucks, please win a game. Please win a game. Four in a row. Bucks, how many, how many? Four. Not Suns at four. Bucks in six, baby. It was, Chris Paul wasn't even the best point guard during this whole playoff run. I think there were times where, I mean, obviously Dame was better than he was. Uh, I think Trey Young with the run he had, you can say he was maybe the best point guard that was in this postseason. Let's stay on that karma train though, because this will tie in something that we kind of, we haven't talked about in a little bit, but this will be good for you. I was stoking the flames of this a little bit online today. Karma wise, it made sense that the Bucks would win tonight, especially in Milwaukee because Aaron Rodgers just turned down that max contract. So it may like you lose Aaron Rodgers, you gain an NBA championship. I feel like that's a fair trade. Hey, also Aaron Rodgers, part owner of the Bucks. So he's an NBA champion. 
He had nothing but good things to say. He tweeted. He already tweeted. Had nothing nothing but good things to say about the Milwaukee Bucks front office. Yeah, the Bucks. The Bucks treat the Packers better than the Packers do. I mean, shit. Bakhtiari is a fucking legend over there. I mean, the 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 Bucks really that organization treats the Packers like gods. The Packers don't. (laughs) That's that's the ironic part about it, man. But let's. I I want to talk about this Giannis thing a little bit more because it just this is such a meaningful part of NBA history now because a guy like Giannis who got the max this offseason he was going to be a free agent next year or this sorry this coming offseason he's going to be a free agent this offseason he said I want to stay here I want to build something that paves the way for a more even NBA finals NBA in general no longer will people be like I need to be in Miami I need to be in LA to win as much as I would love Damian Lillard here in Denver he sees that and be like, damn, I want to win one with this city. The city that has treated me right for so long. Same with Joker, same with Jamal, same with MPJ. That's that, 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 that just brings chills to me because Middleton and Giannis has built that up from the ground. That organization was, was in the gutters. They were bad, bad. I mean, they had they were they were Jimmy. You don't know these names, but they pl- used to play off the backs of Brandon Jennings, who was there at Game Six, Michael Red, and Andrew Bogut. Yes, Golden State Warriors. Andrew Bogut, the guy who won two chips with the Warriors, that that was their starting core. And this Bucks team just proves that if you can build things up the right way, built not bought, mm-hmm. built not bought. This is a, a good chance to also throw some shade at the 76ers because the Bucks are what the 76ers could have been if they were a little bit smarter in trusting the process and you actually trust the whole process because that's what Milwaukee did. I remember sitting there like our first few when we were still trying to get in the flow of how this podcast was going to go. I remember sitting there with you like, okay, Giannis is going to go be in Space Jam too. And while he's doing that, LeBron's going to be like, hey, come back to Los Angeles they love Greeks out here and we'll win a championship. I, I honestly love what the Milwaukee Bucks did and what they proved. It's similar, like when the Royals won the World Series, um, you can kind of say when Tampa Bay or, or cities like that, Philadelphia, win the um, Super Bowl or, or the championships there. It's so much more inter- interesting when these teams that never win or ha- have not won in a long time actually have some success. It's I I think this is for as much as Adam Silver probably wanted a LeBron James appearance in the finals, he got one on a court side, not not on the court. This worked out probably as well for the NBA as possible because this is going to influence all professional leagues or copycat leagues. So you're either going to try and copy what people have done in the past to get a championship, which is build a super team, or you're going to look to Milwaukee and say we're in the middle of Wisconsin or we're in the heart of Denver we're a flyover city, quote unquote, in the NBA, we're still going to be able to entice somebody to come here and and build a championship off the core that we already have. So it should be good in the future. And this goes even far beyond the United States. Talk about, talk about the MVP from Serbia, the NBA finals MVP from Greece, Mm -hmm. the defensive player of the year from France. As much as I hate Gobert, he's a part of that. Three of the biggest awards in the NBA, all worn by European players. Yeah. This look, soccer is is the world's game. 
but basketball is slowly getting there because there are kids in Greece wearing Giannis's jersey, celebrating that whole country. I, I haven't seen pictures of Greece, but I know they're celebrating too because he is the face of that basketball and that city. And man, it's 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 people want to say, well, this NBA finals is gonna suck because there's no LeBron, no Del Curry, no whatever. This finals was one of the most viewed of all time. Like this is the most viewed NBA Finals since I believe 2013 when it was when it was the Heat versus Spurs in that seven game series. Like we are, we we saw two cities in Phoenix and Milwaukee be organizations that were literally last in the league at one point become basketball cities. Mm-hmm. Phoenix is is I don't even know maybe a football city I don't know what Phoenix is maybe they're a basketball city now. party city they're a party yeah city. party city <laughs> and Milwaukee is always the, or yeah Milwaukee and, and, and Wisconsin excuse me was always a football city mm-hmm. and right now all that city all that state is talking about is Giannis Antetokounmpo in the NBA Finals you saw the fifty thousand fans outside that was oh man it brings goosebumps to me because I just I want that. Mm-hmm. I want that so bad. I want to be there with with Jokic with the holding the MVP trophy with with Jamal there. I want to go back outside out of the Pepsi Center Ball Arena and see the crowd of fans going nuts. I want that so badly, and I think I think that's that's the hope small market teams like Denver, like Milwaukee, like Phoenix now can look at. It's a blueprint for sure. It should be something that they're gonna. Other teams around the league, like I said, are going to mold themselves afterward. Uh, One interesting thing that I think can be brought up about game six was the officiating. It was the storyline going into the game. I don't necessarily know if it played that much of a factor into it. I think the way that the game was going, those were actual fouls being called. Were they a little ticky-tacky for a season-ending game? I would say there was a couple that probably didn't have to be called. There was a couple that were close enough. You could let them go and let the guys play. What do you think of the officiating as somebody who's a big basketball guy? Well, I, I haven't listened to the post-game press conference, but I guarantee you one of the questions Chris Paul got was, did you have any feeling that Scott Foster influenced the game at all? Chris Paul, any, any basketball fan knows Chris Paul and Scott Foster are – what Chris Paul's 0-13 in the NBA postseason with Scott Foster as a referee. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's, that, that's a weird stat. Don't get me wrong. Some of those early ones don't correlate – but there was a reason why he talked to him before the game. And Chris Paul is the guy that talks mess, talks to the referee every single dead ball. And, and you got one ref who's not going to take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Funny enough. The only hark I have about the officials was that Giannis took more free throws than the Suns in total, which was a little bit fishy, but the Giannis got fouled like a, like a motherfucker though. Yeah. So it made sense because Giannis goes up with the ball. And one thing that I was, I was, that I was totally thinking about while the game was going on, Jonas must've shot a hundred free throws on Monday night because he must've known that the Suns were going to foul the fuck out of him because mm-hmm. they said, you know what? We're going to make you beat us at the foul line. And a dude missed one free throw or sorry, two, two, he missed two of them. <laughs> yeah. He missed two of them. One at the end, which he only missed one during the whole course of the game. He only missed one at the end where, when it mattered. Or when it didn't matter, sorry, when it didn't matter. And like I said, Giannis is the, the hardest worker you'll ever see. And, man, the, the Bucks, it's, it's, it's cool to see a new organization like this. And the, the officiating, Chris Paul disappeared. 
And and the Suns, after losing Dario Saric, they know what they need to do. You need a backup big because when DeAndre Ayton goes out, they're fucking toast. The Nuggets ran into that problem. That's why they brought in JaVale McGee. Like you ha- and, and guys like Michael Green and Paul Millsap. You have to have a secondary big because mm-hmm. when you have a good big man, they're going to fucking pummel you inside. Pause on that 100%, but pummel you inside. And, and you got to be able to have that second, that guy coming off the bench, energy guy like Chris, like the Birdman was, the energy guy come off the bench who is not going to demand the ball, but he's going to be sitting in the paint and make life living hell for the opposing. Because I'll tell you one thing, when Aiden was in foul trouble, Giannis said, I am going full head of steam. I don't care who the fuck is down there, whether it be Frank the Tank Kaminsky, shout out Frank, or, 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 uh, Jay Crowder or Mikhail Bridges doesn't matter. I'm going full head of steam, and there's not a soul that can stop me. That is dominance. And the and the conversation on Twitter about Giannis not being a hooper. He he's a, he's a good ball player. The definition of a hooper is a guy that can that that is excellent at the game. People are like, well, he doesn't have a bag. He can't shoot. Giannis has the all the bag in the world because he there ain't a soul on this planet Earth right now that can stop him or guard him. No, not a soul. Not a soul. Not unless you're playing call your own fouls. Yeah. That that might be the only way you maybe get him out of it. He totally like that was a mental domination too. Uh, Hilo was talking about it towards the end of the end of the third quarter, right before DA ended up getting taken out for a good portion of the game. He wasn't even challenging Giannis when he was coming in the paint anymore on the defensive end. Giannis at by that point in the game got a free pass to go in in down low, and that was how the Bucks were going to beat them. They were either going to, they were going to make sure that you felt Giannis's pressure and then Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton were going to knock down the big shots because you've spent all your time worrying about the Greek freak. The other guys are going to be open and they took advantage of it. I think all in all, I think the best thing that you could say about this. And I think the thing that you'd want that Giannis would want you to say about this win for them, it was a team victory. They used all of all points of their team, the bench, all five starters, everybody had a common goal in mind. <clears throat> you, you also got the, you know, there's a narrative going around the NBA that it's a guard-dominated league. Did you see the stat? How, how many of the last 10 finals MVPs have been anything but uh, forwards or, or centers? Anybody? I, I don't – because I, I think the last one – oh, my God. I'm going to try to think of this. I think the last one might have been Kobe. Yeah. It was I think, I think like 2010 or 2011, somewhere around it, there. It's been more than 10 years. It's been yeah. a small four or power forward every single season since then, going from Kevin Durant, LeBron James, um, a couple Kawhi. of Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi was Giannis. So, now, yeah. yeah, I mean, those have been the people that have done. Iguodala was mm-hmm. was the Finals MVP one year. Like it, it people, it, we are, we are seeing. Look, the the narrative, the big man is game is dead i beg to differ <laughs> look at what you just saw the 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 the, the six foot 11 greek freak that is not no point guard ladies and gentlemen and the mvp of your league was a center we are the the, the big man is renaissance and it's a new wave of big man we have seen now to the basketball fans that want to say the big man game is dead i liken it to the football fans who say offense is more important than defense now or you know skill positions are more important than the trenches the team who's won the Super Bowl in football, the team who's won the NBA championship has been the more physically dominant team down low in the dirty parts of the court or the field where nobody likes to play. 
it's where championships are won and everybody should follow suit. You should take care of the little things before you try and go for a lot of the flash. Um, fundamentals, like LeBron would say in Space Jam 2. We'll talk about Space Jam 2 later on in the episode. You'll hear Nico uh, gripe about, about my review of that movie. Um, uh, since it was an international finals MVP, let's talk a little bit about the international basketball scene that's going on. Uh, I will say that it has come out and been reported that Team USA has enjoy, enjoyed their time in Vegas before leaving for Japan. So that might have gone into some of the performances they had on the court. Maybe they had I a little sure bit so. of uh, flu games, quote unquote. Um, also, I think Popovich was probably doing a similar thing. The coach of the dream team. I, I still can't think of his name. John Daly. John Daly, where you intentionally throw the first game so that you show the team they can get beat. Uh, but the, right now, the fact of the matter is, this is the first time Australia men and women's have beaten the U.S., I think maybe since they started playing basketball, or it's been a long time. It's been a very long time. So what are you expect? Are you expecting Team USA to just be able to turn it on kind of like they are right now, or are you a little bit nervous for the Olympics? Well, this Team USA – oh, sorry, it was Chuck Daly, not John Daly. John Daly is a golfer. Chuck Daly, yeah. I, I knew I got the last name right. It was Chuck Daly that was the dream team coach. But, look, this team is going to get Devin Booker. It's going to get Chris Middleton. It's going to get Drew Holiday. There's your defensive pressure, and there's two bucket getters for you. And like I said last week, Team USA – this is no all-star game. People are going to have to get secondary rules. You aren't you aren't the star anymore. I'm telling you right now. This is KD and this is Damian Lillard's team. Everybody else, get in place mm-hmm. because you got to figure it because because you're not going to get your 30 shots you get on your team in the NBA. It's just not going to happen. So look, the loss of Kevin Love and Bradley Beal it hurts. But I love the additions of Kelvin Johnson and JaVale McGee. They are both very, very interesting additions because when you think about it in the scale of things, um, JaVale McGee is the inside presence. Kelvin Johnson is a guy who doesn't demand the ball, will play hard defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they their offense was taken care of. Like They've had pe- enough people um, to take care of their offense and everything like that. So I'm not necessarily super worried about how this team is going to be. I do think that there's probably enough talent with the guys that they have there that maybe they are going to be able to just flip the switch and and take stuff over. But it is a little bit of a touchy strategy to use, especially we've talked about it a couple of times already in, in international basketball play. All these other countries, all they want to do is take their best shot at the U.S. So you could be playing Latvia in the first round they are going to be coming after you with the same amount of gumption that you're going to have if you finally do make it to the gold medal game. So there's a little bit of apprehension when I see maybe some of the complacency in USA basketball where the men's team is like, we'll we'll roll out there when we need to. It's a qualifying game. We've already qualified. We're the defending gold medal champions. And ever since the NBA has been in here, have we, I don't think we've lost a gold medal since the NBA has been allowed to play. Am I wrong? Well, in the false, 2004 was 2004. the last time we got third place. <clears throat> Let, let's not, not have that happen again because right now yeah. that doesn't seem that far off. Yeah, we, we just got to be careful because, like I said, you have stars and you just got to make sure you have the right role players stepping into their roles. I'm not worried. I'm worried to see how everything else plays, though, <laughs> because I don't want to face Luca in, like, the first round of 16 game, which could happen. I don't want to face Faku. 
and Argentina. Yes, I just said that. I don't want Team USA to play Faku. <laughs> it worries me a little bit because that Faku's game would Faku's game translates very well to the FIBA rules. Faku, Faku is a pest. Another yeah. reason why I love watching him on the Nuggets because I don't want to face him. And Australia with the likes of Patty Mills, and let's not forget Spain. Spain has been a fucking thorn in the USA sides. That is the team that is always mm-hmm. going to give us a run for our money. Because the likes of the Gasol brothers and Ricky fucking Rubio, who is a goddamn FIBA legend. He is he's a role player in the NBA, but whenever he puts a Spain jersey on, he becomes fucking Steve Nash yeah. and just is, is just unreal. So it's, it's going to be interesting how everything plays out because their national game, like I said, when you watch these games coming up, they are going to be completely different. Because the international rules, there's no foul. There's barely like there's hand checking is fucking allowed. Yeah. You can you can press up so much more, and it's a completely different style. And I think I mean I enjoy the fuck hell out of it because it's it's makes it more intriguing and makes the games more high flying. I mean, I I expect nothing but gold. This team doesn't win gold. It is it is an upset. That's let's just be honest here. This mm-hmm. team doesn't win gold. It's an upset, and. They just – I trust Bob. That's, that's, that's what I'll just say. I don't trust the snake, KD. Damian Lillard is going to have 50-point games, but he won't win them. I trust arguably the greatest coach of all time and Greg Popovich to, to put the guys in the right situations. So that's where it's going to be interesting. But, man, like I said, there's, there's – like the, it's a world game now. Yeah. It's not necessarily that the U.S. has gotten worse. It's everyone else has gotten better. And that's the kudos to, to the game growing overseas and everywhere. So will we see 50-point wins? No, we won't. That, that'll make our lives a little bit more like, oh, my God, we may lose this game. We're going to have those moments. I'm sorry. It will happen. But you got to hope that the likes of the, the superstars that this Team USA has can take them over the top. <clears throat> It's interesting to see how quickly the game grew internationally. It's very similar to the same trajectory that UFC did, where it was kind of, you know, niche for a while. It was basically USA and, and then everybody else. And now in Brazil, they had boom, USA and Brazil, it, it exploded yeah. and everybody's getting close to a similar level outside of the U.S. for international basketball. And this will wrap up our basketball conversation. Who is your biggest threat outside of the U.S. to win gold? Is it Spain or is it one of those other maybe upstart or countries that, that have some more players now? Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you my final four. I'm going to I'm, I'm say USA, Nigeria, France, and, and – uh, oh, actually, no, France won't be able to make it because they're in the same bracket. I'll say Australia and then uh, fucking Spain. I think it'll be USA, Spain again. For some reason, Spain, look, the Spaniards, the NBA is the best league in the world. The, the, what they like, where Real Madrid and Barcelona, where they play in whatever league it's called, I don't even know. That's the second best league in the world. Mm-hmm. Luca, Luca was played in that league for Real Madrid not too long ago. That's the second best league in the world. And they play a style perfectly set up for the Olympics. And it doesn't matter how many old heads they put out there, they figure it out. And Spain is, I think the team that will give us the most run for our money will be Nigeria again. I think, I think it's destined that we play them again. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that we have a better showing. Um, but I think, I think it's going to be – I think Australia falls apart. They, they, they always play to the competition. 
they they play bad teams they are they play like that they play like that they play good teams they play up mm-hmm. so <clears throat> i can see them falling apart france is an interesting one obviously the gobert um and the likes of some of those other players Tony Parker had a, a huge influence on the team. He's not playing anymore, but huge, huge influence on the team. Argentina, I mean, you have Faku leading that team with Luis Scola. Luis Scola, who's been in playing basketball. He, he was on the 04 team that beat the USA, just for reference, 16, 15 years ago. Like, like he, he is international basketball to a T. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I expect a USA-Spain, though, gold medal game. I think that this is going to be one of the more entertaining basketball Olympics that we've had in quite some time. And I think that's what people should be looking forward to. Uh, Right now we're going to get into the rest of our recap. Uh, We got the NHL expansion draft coming up. So we'll talk about that before we get into the break here on the far end of the bench. Ooh, we're, we're recording from the same room again. It's a nice feeling. And um, it's, it was a whirlwind of the last couple of months. I don't think we planned on doing Zoom podcasts for the whole entire playoffs, but it ended up working out that way because the schedule never worked out with when we would like to have recorded. And then you can't have a sports podcast not talk about the most recent game. So we've been grinding it out. We're recording this segment before you're hearing our and you just heard our NBA finals discussion. Um, but man. I'm excited to be back here. I think Boomer was excited to come back over here. I know you were excited to see him. He's a lot bigger than he was when yeah, since just the last a little time. bit, just yeah. a little bit. But uh, man, we still got some some things to talk about with the NHL staying in the news, which is is good for them. NHL stays relevant. The expansion draft takes place as you're listening to this tonight, Wednesday night, and the protected list, the final protected list, were turned in for all the all 32 or 30. NHL teams 31, involved. 31, because there will be 32 after Seattle. Yeah, but Vegas isn't involved. Oh, Vegas right. doesn't have to give somebody for the expansion. So all 30 teams that are involved in the expansions have given out their protected list. I, I will say that there was a lot of fan bases unhappy with the people that they protected, and I think that there was a lot of surprises, and that's where I'm going to go with the Colorado Avalanche list. We'll, we'll say who they protected first. So the seven forwards were Andre Burakovsky, Tyson Jost, Nazem Kadri, Nathan McKinnon, Val Nachushkin, Logan O'Connor, and Miko Rantanen. Uh, I would say all makes sense. The, the one guy that we were thinking might have been a, a bubble kind of guy on this list was Tyson Jost, and he he ended up making the cut because they weren't able to work out a deal with Landis. They, they decided with Jost that they thought that his youth and his legs would be more beneficial than keeping Donskoy. Um, they felt as though Jost was the guy over him and a guy over the guy like Logan O'Connor was also a bubble guy that they took over JT Confer, which I think they go with youth a little bit there. I think Logan O'Connor has a lot more upside, yeah. but JT Confer was a guy that, um, that was a fit, fit, like a fit, a perfect fit on the team, but you got to also remember there's only one player that they can take. Yeah. So it leaves their options open, but you're, I mean, the guy they pick, it's. And you're not going to lose all your forwards in the expansion draft. Yeah. It's not like you're going to, you're still going to have the chance to get a Comfort or Donskoy, whichever. And now that you're not even protecting Gabriel Landeskog, obviously I think that's like the safe pick that people are expecting to be taken from the Colorado Avalanche for the Seattle Kraken. He's a guy who's been a captain pretty much since he came into the league. He's been a captain everywhere that he's played at a high level. 
So it would make sense for a young franchise. Like, th- that would be a good pickup for them. Except the only problem is him being an unrestricted free agent, yeah. which means that Seattle has to have a deal in place. Mm-hmm. They, ha- Gabriel Landeskog has to decide, I am going to go to a completely new organization, which I don't know at this point in his career if he does. Yeah. That's, the, that's the one kicker there because – Seattle is not going to pick him and him not sign a deal because you're wasting a, wasting a player you could have added on your team. And the rumors coming out of Seattle right now is that there's a possibility they could be taking five goalies. And there, there's a chance possibly one of them could be um, from the Avs with Dubnik or um, Johansson possibly and, and flip them because they're thinking, well, if we get four goalies or whatever, we can flip some for some players. And because that's what, that's what Vegas did too. Vegas got some players and flipped them because they didn't feel the need. Guys like James Neal was flipped right away almost after half a season not even playing well. And and there's a very, very good possibility with that. But with Landeskog, the Avs felt as though Landeskog wants to win. And and Seattle, the 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 amount of people that came out with the 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 protected list, Seattle could have a very good roster. Mm-hmm. But is there a guarantee that it's gonna be Vegas two point No. So if Landeskog is gonna win He's either going to stay here or he's going to go somewhere else to a contender. And and that's why the Avs felt the need to control both Tyson Jones and Logan O'Connor. Yeah. And they felt like we could, we could play our chips a little bit and see if Landy is playing his bluff. Well, I mean, the number that I saw last that he asked for was $10 million for the max eight years. And I love Landeskog, but he I don't I don't think that he's worth a ten million contract over eight years. He's a little bit older, that's one thing, but he his only he's had a couple stinker years and his offensive production comes from his line mates. When he's not on the line with Rantanen or McKinnon, he's not an offensive threat really. He's a he's a great leader. He's a guy that you want in the locker room, but you don't pay locker room guys ten million dollars for eight years. That's just not not feasible for him. So I, I get where the team was coming from there. It really surprised me. I thought Landeskog, everything that I've heard, he was an Avalanche fan growing up. He likes the – obviously he likes the program. He's come up with all these guys. He was there when Miko was drafted. He was there when McKinnon was drafted. So it makes sense that he would want to stay here. It, I would I would have thought that he'd already signed a hometown discount and be like, yep, let's, let's continue going with this thing. Because as long as McKinnon's here, as long as we have this young core – we're good to go for a while. I think the protected list, when everyone didn't see Landeskog on the list, I think everyone was freaking out. To me, I was like, that's a little more telling than I thought mm-hmm. because I think that's more of a thing that Landy, the Avs felt the need that they talked to Landeskog because, I mean, look, we don't hear everything behind the doors. Joe Sakic is a fucking genius for a reason. Yeah. There is a very well could be a chance by by Wednesday, Thursday this week that we could be talking about Landeskog taking a hometown deal and they decided to not put him on the protected list to freak everyone out so so that he could sign a deal here and that we could have protected another young gun. Because there's no doubt if if you're looking at this this list and Landeskog could have very well talked to Sack and said don't protect me. EJ did the exact same thing. Yeah. EJ Wade does no trade clause because he said there is probably a 0.00% chance that the Seattle Kraken take a 34-year-old defenseman coming off ACL surgery. None of our defensemen that we have right now, you know, rest in peace to Ryan Graves in a Colorado Avalanche sweater. That's That was tough, but that made sense. That was a deal that made sense because if you leave him unprotected, he's going to be the guy that gets drafted now. I would say that they're probably not going to lose a single defenseman because Eric Johnson, Eric Johnson would have been okay, but he hasn't been able to come off that injury. So 
it made sense. That whole thing made sense. And Eric Johnson, that's a team. That's a team guy. That that was a team move when he was like, yeah, you know what? I'll wave my no movement clause, Sackick. You can put me out there, wave me out as bait. If they take it, you're all the better for it. If not, I'll be here and I'll I'll be able to help out in some way. Because that's like we're saying with with locker room guys. That's a guy that you'd like to keep around if you can. He he's been a great guy to have for the culture. He's been there. You know, just as long as anybody else has. So, so that all made sense. Pretty sure he's the longest tenured Avs right now, but I think a little bit longer than McKinnon. Yeah. Because I think he was a year or two at, or at, before McKinnon. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the longest tenured Avs. So then the protected defensemen: Sam Gerrard, Kale McCarr, Devon Taves. Um, that also the Ryan Graves trade made sure that you were going to get a Sam Gerrard protection too because which to everyone saying Sammy G is overrated when Kale McCarr was out that was the guy who led the defense like EJ no EJ we had no eight Kale Sam Gerard was the offensive playmaker on the defensive end mm. now the thing is is all three of those guys play a similar style Devon 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 not Devon Devon Taze is more a little bit more physical than the other two yeah. but you gotta figure out what you're going to do next because you didn't protect any big men, like big men defensemen. Guys like names that were thrown out there, Ryan Suter, mm-hmm. guy that Minnesota is letting go too. That could be on the, on the look. EJ coming back fully healthy, that could be your that could be your big man behind there. There's options. Good. There's definitely options out there, but this is going to be a completely different back line for the Avs. And maybe, maybe that's better off for it. It could be. I think they saved they, – they protected all their defensemen that can go 200 feet, which is a good thing. That's – especially now we saw with the Tampa Bay series, McDonough and Hedman, those active defensemen creating offense is what really propelled them to win the Cup as easily as they did. So good on you for saving those guys. But they are going to have to do something where they're going to need somebody who can lay a little bit of force down because every single team has somebody who, who you just don't want to – run up against and the avalanche i thought they had it a little bit last year and it fell off you know another guy that i'm pretty i didn't know if they would protect or not was nachushkin but i'm glad they did because he's a guy he's a a true power forward we were talking about them needing size to crash the net val nachushkin at least will be a guy that you've been able to keep around and been in the system a little bit he'll be able to crash the net Uh, but now uh, move let's move forward in this conversation who Who's the person that, in a perfect world, Seattle would take from from our unprotected list? So if it were not to benefit them completely, if it were a perfect world so that the Avalanche come out in a good situation, who would be the guy that you think uh, Seattle would take? So let's play theoretical. I am saying theoretically they aren't able to get a deal with Landeskog. So I'm just going to take that off the board. Whether the Avs get him or not, Landeskog says, I want to play for a team that's going to contend right away. So I'm going to say no to Landy. I am going to go – man, this this may be surprised. I'm going to go Jonas Donskoy because Donskoy is a veteran guy that that has been deep in the playoffs before with San Jose, obviously with us as well. Mm. And he's a guy that is a front-line guy that you can easily plug and play into that second or first line. Donskoy was a guy at, at points when we were fully injured that he stepped in right away and took over big moments. Donskoy was – I mean, he's an injury-plagued guy. That's the only problem. Yeah. Um I, I think I think Donskoy makes sense, or I think JT Comfort. I think those are the two that make the most sense. If they're really going to draft five goalies, I, maybe they'll go Dubnik, but I don't know how likely that is. Uh, but I think Donskoy is going to be my pick because his play style, 
I think fits with Seattle with what Seattle necessarily wants to do, and having that forward that can play basically with anyone on any separate any every different line. Yeah, those two are very comparable to Marshall, and we talked about it. The coach of the Seattle Kraken is the guy that the Vegas Knights hired in their inaugural season. He's gonna want to get you know maybe. I would say that JT Comfer and Eunice Donskoy are borderline first line, but mainly second line guys. But Vegas in their inaugural season had a top line of all guys that used to be second line stars, and they were able to work well together. So JT Comfer, Eunice Donskoy makes sense for that because they're big, strong, you know, quick forwards that are, are good at getting pucks on net. Um, who is that who you think they're most likely to take? Is that I, if they can't figure out a deal? If, if they can't figure out a deal with Landy, it's one of those two. If they are, they're going to pick Landeskog, obviously. I've heard rumors that Bellamar, as it is, he's a free agent. He mm. may sign there just straight up. So they're not going to waste a pick on him. Yeah. Um, I don't see them picking a defenseman. There's not a guy on that list. I mean, maybe Burroughs. That's the only one. But that's not that, – there's much other – much better talent up front with the forwards you can take. And the list of goalies that came out, Dubnik is – like far worse than any of the goalies that came out. Yeah, maybe that's, that's maybe if you want good. to try to flip him, that's that's what they've been hearing. But I I don't know about that. He's I think he's at the point too where he's only a goalie that you can really flip along the trade deadline because he's got the experience now. I don't think at his age he's not going to be able to start enough games to even be warranted as a starting goaltender. Um, now that they've put Philip Grubauer on the protected list, is that? basically look in in your eyes does that look to you like that's basically a guarantee that they're going to get a deal done with him well it sure as hell wasn't going to let dubnik or johansson protect them no it made no sense to protect either one of those grubauer was the only option at goaltender the only and there's a lot of other teams that there was the only option and they didn't take it and they're gonna they're gonna pay for it because grubauer is a good enough goalie to be on some of these lists and what teams stupidly did Grubauer would have been taken up in a heartbeat because teams look. Landy is a guy you can replace. Grubauer is not necessarily a guy that's that could come in right away, and you're gonna he's gonna come in right away when you hockey games. That's exactly what Flurry would be, and uh, Flurry did. Excuse me for Vegas. Landeskog is a guy you can try to replace. Grubauer is a guy that is very, 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 very difficult to replace. And I said it all postseason long. The best goalies made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. The best two goalies did. If Grubauer is that good, you are not letting him walk at all. And there was no doubt in my mind that they were going to protect him because Carey Price and Vasilevsky were no doubt the best two goalies in hockey throughout the whole postseason. And look where they ended up. So what's the deal that you would want to get done with Grubauer? Do you think it's a five-year deal maybe at five five at five, like a, a 25 uh Straight up twenty five deal. Well, the rumor right now is that McCarr's deal is going to be the first one to fall, and then after that, where everything else will fall into place. Um, McCarr is going to be asking for some money because he deserves it, and Grubauer may have to take a little bit of a discount. It's 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 going to be depending on what happens with Landeskog. Mm. It's going to be does Grubauer because you got to remember number twenty nine is a free agent next year, and that man is going to get paid extra money because he he he's he deserves it. He and McCarr should be the two highest paid players on the team for a good reason. So you are going to have to figure out how, what Landy, what group are have to decide because you may only have to keep one because you have to save some of that money for McKinnon next year. Mm. So that's where the conversation comes into play. But this is, this is the, this is the thing where group has to figure it out. 
if Landy walks, then it's that I'm getting paid. If Landy doesn't walk, we're going to split this. I could maybe see him signing a three-year deal because that would give him the rest of McKinnon's contract and then a year after to see what they're able to do with their guys this year. And then also that would be the, the cheapest option for the Avalanche as well because you're committing to a goaltender for a couple more seasons. And if he does end up, you know, a goaltender in his 30s sometimes just falls apart. If that ends up happening, you're able to move on quickly from him too. I would rather see them sign him for a less amount of years at a higher maybe annual rate than give him a five-year contract and then have to eat two and a half years of that contract because he's just not good enough to start anymore. I don't, I don't want to be in a situation like Pittsburgh where you know, goaltending is the reason why we got knocked out of the playoffs. We had everything else, but our goaltender just decided to go Little League on us in the in the biggest moment of his career at that point. Yeah, Grubauer should be locked up. There's the, the car and Grubauer will get signed. I am not any doubt about that. It's the captain that's, that's worrying me. We'll, we'll have our answers to who Seattle Kraken take in the expansion draft after Wednesday, July 21st, so... I'll, I'll be having my eye on that when news drops about the avalanche. I'm sure I'll be tweeting from our account at FEOTB pod. So be sure to follow us there. Yeah, there um, I mean, there's some interesting names out there. Tarasenko is being tossed around. Carey Price is being tossed around. Yeah. Jonathan Quick, another guy being tossed around, name tossed around. I mean, did Carey Price get unprotected? Yeah, yeah. They, they protected Jake Allen. And mm-hmm. the thing is, Seattle is the rumor out there is that Seattle is heavily deciding because Carey Price is a fat contract. Mm. And that's why Montreal felt like they weren't going to take him. Because Montreal was like, oh, I don't know, man. They don't want to take his fat contract on. But it's Carey fucking Price. It is Carey Price, yeah. Like, like, like the, arguably the best goalie in hockey, like top five goalie in hockey yeah. when it, when he's on his game. And Could dude, be in the conversation of top Canadian goaltenders this, of this, all time. This is – Look, Montreal is not what Pittsburgh was mm-hmm. like if you, when, when they let Fleury go, but this is exactly Marc-Andre Fleury's situation because Pittsburgh didn't think that they were going to take Marc-Andre Fleury. They thought they were going to take someone else, so they they secured the younger guy. Yeah. And look where Pittsburgh's at and look where Vegas is at. So we could be seeing a fall from grace. Montreal could be biting themselves in the ass Wednesday night. It's incredible how these expansion teams figure it out quickly. I would go back to the NFL with Jacksonville, and they were in the playoffs and, and made a deep run early on in their history, and then Vegas, obviously. And now Seattle could have the opportunity after Wednesday to be in a very good position to do the exact same thing. And they got moved into the Pacific Division, which in a normal season, the Pacific Division's not all that great. I mean, outside of the last few years, San Jose's not great. It's going to be Vegas and – you know, who who knows who else? And now we're going to have to contend in, in the um, Central Central, division? I think it's Central. central. I think it's Central, yeah. Man, Pretty I, sure it's Central. I don't know. I finally hockey's got into hockey up so many and they times. kept changing all the names of the divisions. So who Maybe knows? the Honda Civic uh, division, right? Or the, the, the uh, Toyota Tundra Civ- or we'll division? We'll see who Bettman can sell the, sell the league to next season. Hopefully ESPN brings in a little bit better sponsors than, than what they have now. Um, now let's let's move on and, and talk about some MLB stuff because we had basically a baseball-themed episode last week, and uh, we did the MLB All-Star experience, once-in-a-lifetime experience, really. All three days had something really cool about if, it. If you have a chance to go any All-Star game anywhere, I don't care if it's basketball, hockey, Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. um, or I said baseball too, basketball, hockey, baseball, football, whatever it may be, you should go to it. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the game. It's the atmosphere and it's everything else. Like, I would not recommend going to the NBA All-Star game. 
I'd recommend going to the dunk contest. And I'd recommend going to three point shootout. Like I'd recommend going to the Derby. Did they bring? Uh, did they bring like the convention stuff to the M- the NBA? NBA, 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 NHL. They all. Ha- I don't know that about the Pro Bowl because the Pro Bowl is a little bit weird how they do it all. But I know NBA, NHL because when I was little, I went to the NBA convention center when the game was here in 05. Yeah. So hopefully within the next ten years, the Nuggets get it again, which would be nice. Or the Avs. Or the Avs too, because the Avs haven't had it in a long time either. Um, but yeah, it was it was so much fun. Like, I I've gotten itching for baseball again. It's weird because yeah. I'm watching Rockies games now. And I mean, they, last night was a good they game won a walk off game. Yeah, yep. they won a walk off. There. Yeah, man, that that I mean, ten straight or not ten straight, ten walk off wins. Now. Innings, yep. I'm like, damn. I want to watch the Rockies. More walk-off wins than I was like, road wins. I just, I just checked, I just checked the schedule. Oh, we're at home. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Oh, run the road. Fuck no, I'm not watching them. What oh. else is on TV? Oh, oh hell no. <laughs> hell no. All right. Yeah. We said we were about to get to double-digit road wins two weeks ago. We still haven't got there yet. Hey, but we're at nine though. We are gonna hit over ten. Sitting right at nine. It's statistically not impossible not to get to ten. So. It's also uh, statistically not impossible that we make the wild card. Oh, by the way, once Showy left Colorado, he's hitting bombs again. I don't know what happened to him here. I don't know. I mean, the dude dude got winded so quickly. Yeah, so quickly. Uh, But let's uh, before the since the MLB All Star Game happened, this basically kicks off the second half of the season. So we'll look at the division leaders right now in the MLB for all of the divisions. The AL East, Boston Red Sox are ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays by half a game. That one is actually a very tight race and. The Yankees just swept the Red Sox in a weekend series. I'll talk a little bit more about that because uh, I know you ain't happy about that. (laughs) It was a bad situation. It was a bad look. Uh, The AL Central, the White Sox leading that division by eight. They're probably going to walk away with that one, which is a good story for them. Um, And they should be able to make – this might be their best chance to make a little bit of a run. And the White Sox are one of the teams rumored for Trevor Story. That people have been saying that they could move him to second, move him to short. I mean, I would love for them to trade us back Tim Anderson. Yeah, that'd be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. But I think that that would be too much to give up. So they may they may figure something else out. How how cool of an experience was that when Story ended up beating Gallo? Oh and my god, that was just a great feeling. The state whole stadium erupted. That was that was awesome. And I didn't even realize Nolan was wearing a Rockies hat during the home run derby. He was. Yeah. I did not notice that on when uh, Trevor was hit was batting. Oh, sure, I, was, I did not know that. I was at the gym and they were play, showing it on TV. They showed Nolan in a Rockies hat. So damn, wow, that hurts. Trevor Stories, yeah, it's not gonna feel good when that happens. The AL West, the Trash Rose, leading that division by three and a half. Did you see Jose Altuve did prove that he does have a tattoo? Yeah, but also proved that he's willing to take his shirt off. And his first, his first initial thing was saying, "Don't take my shirt off because my wife doesn't want my chest to be shown." Mm-hmm. Well, the you took your shirt off just willingly. Yeah, I'm just, okay I'm just saying. There, there's got to be some double standards, right? Is like, she okay with it now, Jose? Yeah, I'm like, come on, man. It's it's not a good look. They had them, them, not a single person being at the All Star game. I thought was fucking hilarious too. We we they, saw one. Oh, yeah. they booed the fuck out of the mascot. Yeah. <laughs> we saw that one guy in an Astros jersey, and he was sitting next to a guy in a Pete Rose jersey. And we were like, "You two, the most unpopular guys who came here today. Just you guys had to sit next to each other because nobody else would even come near you. I bet that was oh. not a good look. Yeah, it was. It was just funny. They boo- we booed the hell out of the mascot. Altuve wasn't there. Correa wasn't there. Brantley wasn't there. The only person that was a part of that team was Garrett Cole, and he got booed. So, but Garrett Cole's already a. 
pretty much a dick anyway. So wow. Hey, I'm just hey. I'm not I'm hey. not, I'm just my team. I try and talk I'm just a little saying, bit nice about your team. No, I like Yurkle. I do, yeah. but the dude would not throw balls back to the crowd. Let's just say he wouldn't throw me a ball. Let's just say he's not as much of a dick as Trevor Bauer. So oh, the, 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 that's, that's yeah, that's very easy to say. Statistically impossible it's to be very, not as much of a dick. It's as very Bell. easy to say, but the guy Garrett Cole, he stepped up because you weren't there by that time because I was there holding seats and holding spots down. While we were there in the outfield before the All Star game, he stepped up twenty feet and didn't throw a ball back in the stands. Mm. And apparently, did you hear the Vlad Guerrero Jr. story? Mm-hmm. Apparently, the Yankees play the. Blue Jays or sometime this week or whatever, and Vlad tried to say hi to him, and he just gave him a cold eye and just walked right by. I was like, it's a, it's the All-Star game. Who the fuck cares? I don't, I don't the know. Yankees just keep digging themselves into a hole. All Good I thing saw was Araldis Chapman out in the outfield before the home run derby, and he was tossing balls into the crowd. And Damn. If, if only they put him in the ninth inning, I could have won money on the NL winning. He Damn. was... He's a gigantic. I didn't realize how big he is. He's a gigantic human being. Yeah. And he's got arms. He could tie his shoes standing up. Doesn't even have to bend over. It's it's insane. Moving over into the National League, the NL East, the New York Mets right now holding that division down two games ahead, but they look like they might be on their way to a collapse. DeGrom's down to the 15-day IL with uh, forearm tightness. He might not end the season with under a 1 ERA, which would be devastating because this is the year that would be crazy if, if if it got around one he's gonna be a he's gonna be a Cy Young winner no doubt if you haven't put Maybe money the on MVP. that yeah he MVP. might even be MVP on the NL side but if you haven't put money on him being the Cy Young you should do do that right now uh the central Milwaukee's leading by seven games and then the NL West the Giants leading the Dodgers by one and the Rockies just beat the Dodgers at home on a walk-off in the 10th inning. I'm going to say it as many times as possible because we never get to say anything good about the Rockies. So, And I, the most interesting one to me, because I, I see all these division leaders, the Brewers a plus seven. Mm-hmm. Cubs were, were contenders. Cardinals got the best third baseman in baseball. Uh, the Reds have two all-star starters. That whole division and your, the Brewers with the likes of Christian Yelich, yes, their pitching is unbelievable. But you're telling me Arenado, Goldschmidt, and and Wainwright and Molina can't will the Cardinals to a within a five game difference between number one? That's terrible. That is bad. I mean, look, the Brewers. I love good stories. Brewers and the Giants are great stories. Yeah. But like, those are not the two teams that, that anyone I think picked to, to win their divisions. I I think everyone had the Giants at least third or fourth, maybe yeah, or and they had the Milwaukee Brewers at least third or fourth too. Right. And here they are with with Milwaukee with the huge lead and Giants surprising everyone. I think that just shows how bad of a deal that Arenado trade was because if that's where the Cardinals are with him, they didn't have anybody worth trading for a guy like Arenado anyway. Makes so. me feel a little bit better, right? <laughs> feel a little bit we better. We didn't really get finessed because I mean, Gomber is not bad. Gomber is played pretty decently. He's, he's okay. Yeah. But but uh, I mean, it's not Arenado. But but don't get me wrong, Cardinals suck too. So that's yeah. the only bright spot is we traded into a team that sucks even more as much as us, basically. True. Now uh, that, that's a silver lining, I guess. But you, know, you never, you should never trade away Hall of Fame players. That's just rule number one as a general manager. I feel like everybody knows that, but. Jeff Breidich didn't. Um, let's get into some NFL news, and it's not necessarily good news, but Richard Sherman um, had that incident last week, and we we had a blog about it on the Unhinged Sport Net, Sports Network. Rev wrote it. It was an unfortunate situation. It's an interesting situation. 
um, looks like there was some mental health situ- mental health involved in what was going down. And the reports from his wife said that he was having an episode and, and was intoxicated to the point where he kind of just lost it. He said he didn't even remember doing any of the stuff that he was caught on film doing. So it was an unfortunate thing to have happen. And hopefully, you know, I'm glad that he didn't hurt anybody. Hopefully he's held accountable for what he's done. And hopefully he gets help that he obviously needs because that's not a good look for uh, a guy like that. Yeah, not not to bring light on the subject, but like we, my dad's had a case with the NFL talking about a former player with with mental health trauma who's had a, who took a lot of hits to the head and and forgot about a lot of things in his career. Like forgot about by people paying him money and, and different things. And my dad's been fighting with the NFL for years now. And one thing the NFL has turned their back to was the post post like. After the player's done playing, mm-hmm. their health, like their heads. You talk about basketball players. You talk about baseball players. The uh, hockey players are, are is almost as bad too as the NFL. But hockey, hockey, or sorry, baseball and basketball players are basically treated like gods mm-hmm. after after they retire after whatever whatever happens. And football players after they retire, fo- NFL teams and and the NFL in general just says, okay, on to the next one. And you gotta you gotta take your time with these athletes that are near the end of their careers and retired because the amount of hits they've taken at that high level. Richard Sherman's played ten plus years in right now, right, yeah. or something along those lines at least. And you gotta think like it's it's it, a lot of heads hits the head happens. So you gotta make sure to get people the right help. And if you're not, you're gonna things like the Junior Seau thing, unfortunately, will continue to happen. He's also coming off an injury too, and that we. We've said it a lot on this podcast, but uh, we look at professional athletes like they're not real people and they don't have real concerns. When you're injured, that kind of plays into your mind. He knows that he's towards the end of his career. He's had that Achilles injury. And in the Super Bowl, going up against Tyreek Hill, he was exposed. He's not what he used to be. He's still a good corner, but he can't be a, a shutdown corner against the kind of speed that you're seeing in the NFL these days. So I think that maybe played into it. I do think that he obviously he still needs to be held to the same standard as everybody else, but people going after him, people dogging on him right away was a little bit unnecessary. And I feel like Rev did a good job in his blog mentioning, you know, the main point of the blog was not that he's a free agent, but that does play into a factor as to what happened because, you know, maybe seeing this, the NFL makes sure that he gets the help that he needs before he signed to a team. You know, there's stories like that. Darren Waller had a similar situation where the NFL was like, dude, you cannot play until you get help. And then when you get help, come back to us and we'll figure something out. I feel like that may be a situation now with Richard Sherman not having a team. Maybe it's a benefit for him. That could be a good thing. Um, but yeah, and then the other piece of NFL news I broke last week, and it's being disputed by Dwayne Haskins, but it came out that his girlfriend was charged with felony assault and domestic violence. Barely punched him in the face, split his lip, and knocked a tooth out. Um, yeah, he, he's had a rough start to his NFL career, to say the least. This is this was not the week for NFL stuff. I'll tell you that the, the NFL. It's the off season. It's let's let's put it the best way possible. No one, no one has any football stuff, so they just reaching out for whatever and here we are with these stories popping out that i mean this stuff happens during a season it just doesn't happen because there's other stories but yeah it's it's tough i hope haskins and sherman can figure everything out 
Yeah, well, turning turning some NFL stuff around, we got some interesting news coming up, and all I'll say is the number that he wears is is corresponding in an episode that's going to be coming up in a couple weeks. That's what I'll I'll say. He is going to be he is an active player in the NFL, and I have played with him before, and his number corresponds with an episode number that's coming up in a couple weeks. But uh, that's exciting news that we have coming up for the podcast. Other yeah, than that, we're going to – Yeah, our third interview should yeah. be should be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot more coming up soon. We've, I know we've been, we've been quiet with all the interviews, but we got some more coming up, so don't you worry. He's been gracious enough to give us some time right before training camp, so we'll be sure to take advantage of that and get you guys a great interview. But now let's get into – we're going to get into the break – hear from our partners and when we come back we'll have our segments and a new factor cap and you're going to want to stay tuned for this one and figure out if maybe we're uh, digging a little bit too deep into this into this conspiracy that's coming up here on the far end of the bench on the unhinged sports network both and only one can leave. hold on wait a minute that's not what we agreed on. This isn't a death match. What are you talking about? This isn't a death match. This is not. This is just our podcast. What? What's our podcast called? Our podcast is the Dago Express. I told you this. All of this in an email. Oh yeah, I don't check. Email. Why don't you check? Why did you give me your email if you're not going to check your email? Well, it's just nice to get somebody something to write down. I thought you just wanted something to write down. No, that's not at all what I wanted you to do. Okay, well tell me more about this podcast. This podcast is just a bunch of random nonsense. Me and you having a conversation with the microphone. That's all it is. Okay, and when can I listen to this podcast? Tuesdays at 11 a.m. And is it just going to be one place? No, it'll be on all your streaming platforms. Hmm. So it's two brothers, both enter, one microphone. See what happens. Yeah, I like that a lot better. Yeah, that's nice. We'll go with that. Benchwarmers of the Unhinged Sports Network, we have business to tend to. We are still partnered with Fanatics, the home for any kind of sports merchandise that you can think of. And Nico, tell the people what they can find if they go to the Fanatics app in our bio at FEOTB Pod. We got so much stuff you can get off Fanatics right now. NBA playoffs are about to start. NHL playoffs are starting as well. Both teams, you can get any of your gear from Fanatics. Go get your jersey of fair team. If your team wins this a cup, go get game. your Fanatics gear. Uh, go get uh, go get the championship gear on Fanatics, excuse me. Um, we have baseball starting up as well. Our Rockies aren't the best, but you know what? There's all-star game gear on Fanatics. So if you're in the Colorado area, you want to go get um, some all-star game gear, go to the Fanatics, our Fanatics shop. And as well, man, the NFL draft just started. I know Jimmy's got his Joe Burrow yes, jersey. Why don't you go get a Jamar Chase one now, those icy whites, or Go get yourself a Trevor Lawrence jersey, Justin Fields, or even if you're a Bronco fan, get you a Patrick Sertan number two. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. If you're a sports fan and you're not getting merchandise from Fanatics, I don't know what you're waiting for at this point. The best place to get all geared up, anything that you could want, any sport, any team, and it helps out the Unhinged Sports Network as well. Welcome back to the far end of the bench. Thank you guys for listening to those messages from our partners and the Dago Express podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you do have checked check that podcast out, it's a lot of fun to record, and it, it takes my mind off of everything else because we get into some weird discussions and everything like that. But, uh, you know, we had some pretty interesting outcomes over the past week, I would say. So I'm interested to see what, what you got from most dominant team and bench warm of the week. But... In keeping with the theme, I'll, I'll go first, and I'll say the San Diego Padres basically put the rest of the league on notice for the second half of the season. And Friday night, they beat the Washington Nationals 
24 to 8. So they're playing football. The yeah, Chargers, no, they Chargers played the Redskins. They three touchdowns and kicked the field goal. And uh, you know the Nationals did get two, that. Yeah, yeah the Nationals game. did get that two point conversion to make sure that it was a two possession game. But man, that was an impressive showing. If that team gets hot, the Giants. I think the Giants are the, the team that you got to worry about most because the Dodgers and Padres, if they pick up steam towards the second half of the season. It's going to be over with, and, and the Giants just might be looked at as like the Mariners over in the American League. Yeah, Tatis is a lot to, a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, with all the stories of him and Freddie Freeman's kid and was was awesome to see at the All-Star game, and he's, he's, a, he's a very likable guy. It's just very unfortunate he's on a division rival. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's a guy that enjoys the game of baseball and makes it fun. Yeah. Make baseball fun again. <laughs> I think the Padres were on a mission to kind of flex their muscles a little bit because – you know, they didn't have – they were expected to have a huge first half of the season, and they did well, but it wasn't like they were anything special or anything to write home about. So I think that was a little bit of a wake-up call for them. Even the guys that were in the All-Star game, like when Machado got announced, he got booed because it's Coors Field and you're going to get booed because you're a division I mean, Machado's a guy that not very many people like anyway. So. That's true. Uh, but he had that scowl on his face, and Tatis even had the look on his face like, okay, this is going to be fun, and then we're about to show everybody what we're really about. So maybe look out if you're the NL West. The Padres might be coming. Uh, but who, who do you got for your most dominant team? My most dominant team of the week, I'm going to do an honorable mention here because it's this is probably going to be my most dominant team of the week for the next couple of weeks. Obviously, the Olympics coming up, Team USA, we are going to – a lot of the athletes are in the Olympic Village now. The beds are interesting. Um, I'll just say that. And uh, they, I cannot wait because the Olympics starts, I believe, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I'll be on the lookout for that. But – my most dominant week, I'm going with the Redwoods. Roll Woods, baby. Number one seed. Coming off the All-Star break this past weekend. Uh-huh. Um, they this It's the second half of the season is going to be coming into full swing. They'll I think be, we're tied record-wise, but you have a better differential. The goal the differential, yeah. yeah. So Redwoods and the Water Dogs on top of the PLL. Who would have thought we picked the two best teams? I'm just saying, we picked it before. So don't call us bandwagons. We've been here since the beginning. It's funny. Have you seen uh, the stuff with part of my take in the Water Dogs? Because they trashed the water. It's like they fucking suck. They're they're the worst team in the league. But they, the water After dog that, social yeah. media goes in and puts like the Siri voiceover. It's like the water dogs are a great team and they're shooting the ball so much more. Isn't that great? Uh, that's uh, yeah, PLL. I think they got something going there and if they continue maybe that's the thing that nbc sports can maybe hang their hat on yeah nbc is going to hang their hat on obviously the olympics and everything they're going to that too profit the fuck out of that the next couple of weeks do you and think then, that they're that worried about losing the nhl oh no, they'll yeah. fig- they figure so many different things out nbc like they had like they have like three of the biggest sporting events in the world they had the olympics winter and summer they have the kentucky derby and they get the Super Bowl every three years. They get the Super Bowl every three years, and I think no, the Masters is on eight, or on uh, ABC, ABC or CBS or something. Mm-hmm. So it's not on there. But yeah, they have everything. They <laughs> so also have uh, Notre Dame in the falls every single Saturday. And Sunday night football. And Sunday night football. So yeah. They'll be all right. I think they'll be okay. <laughs> I think they'll be it, it okay. Might be okay. Yeah. Um, who's your Who's your bench warmer of the week? My bench warmer of the week, Montreal Canadiens. You just come off of a Stanley Cup appearance, and you just let your friend. Sorry, I won't say this. The second greatest goalie of all time of your team's history. Yes, that's the high praise. Who's first? Number 33. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. 
I know. I don't know if the Montreal fans. I don't think the Montreal fans agree with that, but I still think number thirty-three is the greatest goalie of all time, right there with Brodeur, Patrick Wall, and Brodeur are my top three goalies of all time. But I think Patrick Wall is the greatest playoff goalie of all time. That's that's statistically proven. So I think Carey Price could arguably be the second greatest goalie of your team's history, and you're letting him walk in expansion drafts. I hope they lose him. Honestly, I do because I because look as much as I dislike Seattle because of how many players that are going to be it, their jerseys are raw. And they got they got some – like, kudos to the marketing team over there. As a marketing guy, myself, oh, my God, the fucking genius is over there. The the, the logo is genius. The jerseys are genius. The, the the slogans are genius. They are doing everything they can. Seattle is a, is a city that should, first of all, have a basketball team. They they love their football team. They love their their MLS team. Mm. They are going to adore this hockey team, and Kerry Price is going to be the the poster boy for it all. I can't wait for those uh, Vancouver Seattle matchups because that's a built in rivalry there. It used to be a rivalry, um, CFL wise, because that that region is that close. I I was it's funny you bring up the Kraken sweaters because I was like you know. I know that if I get a Kraken sweater, I'd be looked at as a bandwagon, and I'm a diehard Avalanche fan. I don't know if I'd ever wear it, but those are raw. Yeah, those are it's kind of like the the Mighty Ducks duck jersey. I just might need it because you know I need it. That's it's, all. Yeah, it's one of those jerseys that you like ban. I don't like this team, but they're so fucking sick. I just yeah. <laughs> hey, we won't. They're not in our division, so that's what you gotta look at, right? If they take Landeskog, then we'll hate them more. But if they don't take Landy, I think they'll be a little bit less ill will. It, I'm actually I'm a little bit more emotionally prepared for Landeskog to leave because in all of my my careers that I play in NHL he's on a different team in like two years. I mean, he was on Calgary one year that hurt. That that did I not feel I good. I can guarantee that won't happen this it's year. It's not so. gonna happen this year. Uh, my bench warmer of the week it goes back to that game that I was talking about the Washington Nationals. They gave up 22 earned runs and they had nine pitchers in the whole game. And they only got seven strikeouts as a as a unit. Gave up 22 earned runs and only got seven strikeouts as a pitching staff. That's not ideal. It's <laughs> not. It's not going to win you games. That's no, for it's sure. not. It's not going. Even myself, who doesn't watch a whole lot of baseball, still knows that's not going to get you any wins. You almost have to try that hard to be that bad. Like you'd have to throw out like three or four positional guys that don't ever pitch normally to be that bad. You see the pitcher, like in the NL, you see the pitcher at least three times, four like four times sometimes in the game. Yeah. And uh, maybe, maybe this is just a sign that Juan Soto is going to be a, in pinstripes here soon. <laughs> you can keep wishing. I'd go more towards I'd go more towards Joey Gallo. I, I, I'll take Joey Gallo too. We can have both. Por qué no los dos? Uh, we'll I see. need an outfielder. I need a first baseman. You need a lot. You need, the Yankees need a lot. <laughs> hey, they just sweat the Red Sox, so I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, let's move on to what's brewing presented by our friends at the High Alpine Brewing Company at High Alpine Brew. Still a little bit of time to get out there to get to the balcony because I can tell you that uh, balcony in the warm Gunnison air and a brew, it's a good time. Um, but uh, I just I found out the new details emerged after we recorded last week about the Matias Kovlenix situation. Um, it turns out that he was actually – the reason he had sustained such bad injuries was he threw himself on top of another teammate and his pregnant um, wife. So in his final situation that he ended up having, he ended up saving a lot more people than uh, sacrificed himself but saved a lot of people, which is a cool moment for, I guess, a goaltender. And that was a, a Blue Jackets put out a post on social media and said made one final save 
for a bad situation and you never, you know, it's a tragedy of, of kind of that holiday and what can happen. Um, a little bit of a bright side of the story, I guess. Yeah. That, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to take a bright side of the story, but the guy was a hero. So you, you got to remember him as that. Uh, my what's brewing. I'm going to go a little bit baseball here. The Rockies have no idea what we're doing. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. This is a good and bad thing because we're winning games at home. We are we are saying all the right things. This team is competitive at home, not competitive on the road. And we are. And the general manager came on. First of all, this this goes back to the draft last week too. We had the number one pitcher, arguably in baseball, like in the draft, fall in our lap and Kumar Rocker. Yes, I know baseball draft names. I know it's wild. Kumar Rocker was there for our pickings and. If anybody knows anything about the Colorado Rockies, it's that we have great positional players. A fantastic history of positional players. They always go somewhere else, but we've had a long history of drafting good positional players. But we do not draft good pitchers. No. <laughs> and, and this year is the oddball out because we have a decent pitching chance this year. But in the first round of the draft, Benny Montgomery could be the star. Could be an absolute animal. That's the guy who the Rockies picked, and we we just we just passed up on a guy who could have been the number one pick in Kumar Rocker. So that's an interesting one. And then the general manager, the interim or whatever his name is, the interim general manager was on the Rockies telecast. Was like, we're keeping our options open. We, we Trevor Story is a guy that we love having around the clubhouse and love having here. And he said the same thing about about a. Charlie Blackman too, which makes a little more sense. There's no, there's no doubt. Herman is not going to get traded. That's another thing. Herman's, like I said, pitchers are. He's going to be your cornerstone on the pitching pitching staff, staff so he won't leave. But we got to figure something out because do you either fully buy into the rebuild, or or we 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 try to sign free agents and bring Story back. And right now, I don't know what the the lines are because there's rumors Trevor could be traded. There's rumors that he he he's we're gonna not trade him and we're gonna get a first round tenure back once someone signs him because of the first round pick to, or the un, or the restricted free agent deal or whatever, and I just I just want some direction because now that I'm invested in this team a little bit, I want some direction. That's because, where you messed up. They, they sucked you in and now they, you're. They sucked me in yeah. and I I have a purple Rockies jersey and I've been waiting. I was like, man. I want to put a name on this, but I'm not going to put Trevor's name on there. I don't know if I want to put Herman's name on there. Just give me some direction. I wouldn't. That's say all that I'm asking. Safe. Nobody's safe. You might as well just put a Walker on there and make yeah. it a Larry Walker jersey. That, that, that's pretty. Or Helton. I do yeah. one of the two, and I think those will be two very good options. So those are those are the two. Possible or maybe I'll do a Peyton number eighteen Manning. It could be. I mean, that'd be very weird. But the 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 uh, I get a lot of like, oh, that's a nice jersey from he, piece of people. He looked better in the outfield than a lot of the Rockies have this season. So, you know, hey, Tapia hasn't been that bad. I just I don't know. Just give me some direction. That's all I ask. What's what's brewing is the Rockies having no idea what they're doing. What they're gonna do is they're gonna sell off a whole bunch of stuff and then just buy a whole bunch of bats because they're like, people are gonna come if we hit home runs. Who cares? The pitching staff sucks. I, th- I feel I have a feeling that Kyle Freeland's not going to be a Rocky for a lot longer. John Gray's probably not going to be a Rocky for much longer. They're going to move on from those guys and then not have any pitching, but we're going to hit bombs. We're just going to try and outslug everybody. Which is going to be hard in this division. The other I want to I want to add this in here just quickly off the hinges. This just came to my mind, or not off the hinges. What's brewing that came into my mind? Um, the Broncos ownership they 
took it out of court, so that means there's a good chance that it could be sold here soon. Uh, yeah. There's some. There's a apparently the. Uh, oh my god, who was it? There was one of the owners of the Dodgers backed out of the deal, and they said he's a rumor to be buying the Broncos. You cannot sell the team with lawsuits pending <laughs> and, and court court cases pending. Makes sense. So that means there could be a chance. Especially it could, when the family is involved. So there's that means there could be a chance that the, we could be sold, which is better for the Broncos. Look, Bull and family will be forever enshrined to this organization, but it's time to figure something else out because not having a single owner hurts. It hurts. It was a matter of time before the NFL did this and like made, stepped in. It was like, you're getting sold or we're going to start you know, taking stuff away because the NFL – the NFL wants a single owner too. It's not like the NFL is good with a trust running around. Like, oh no, our owner put this in place, and yeah, we're doing it in the best interest of them. When they could be totally screwing over the organization, and it wouldn't even make a difference. So, it was just a bad situation. It's a rough, you know, two separate families pretty much, and you have the one that people say they were entrusted to, but she's not ready, or she's doing something else inside the organization. It was. It's a mess. Time to figure it all out. And, and it's a co- direct correlation as to when the Broncos became more and more irrelevant in the national media as to when their ownership went from Pat Bowen's trust to now where we're at right now. Uh, with after the family uh, fighting after, in the lawsuit. And, um, after the unfortunate passing of Bowen mm-hmm. right before the Super Bowl 50, yeah. that's when things fell apart. Yeah, it's, it's been a rough time for the Broncos. So I think I, I agree with you that getting them sold is the best for – Everybody involved, and all the ki- and then the family's going to make the money that they wanted off of the organization. And Bo- the Bola name will always have tickets, will always have a suite. Always that name will always be in a stadium on the practice he's, facility. He's a Hall of Famer. He, he like, is. He is the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and that there's no doubt about that. He's the NFL too. He's a major part in the TV deal that the NFL has right now with NBC and Fox. Like him and Jerry Jones were the two owners that, at that time that were like, we need to get the NFL on Fox too. I know that Fox is mainly like the Simpsons, but if we get the NFL on it, we're going to get pe- more people involved. So Pat Bowen's the Broncos, but he's also a major part in where the NFL is today. And I think that's what a lot of people forget about just because. You know, that's why this is a little bit harder, too. Yeah. Because because when you think about the Broncos, it's the it's a Bowen's, it's Elway, it's, it's Peyton. Mm-hmm. And seeing different ownership is going to be different. But for the new direction of the team, it is time, unfortunately. Do you think there's any chance that Peyton gets hired as, like, an executive or something? I mean, look, I know people – I got a bunch of shit for this, but Peyton is a Denver – he's a Denver native now. This is his city. He doesn't – He, he doesn't, chose Denver. He, he chose Denver. Like, this is his home. He's he's the poster boy for Denver sports. You want to be – Peyton goes to Nuggets games, mm-hmm. goes to Avs games, goes still, to Rockies lives, games. Still also, lives in Colorado. Still lives in Colorado. Kids go here. Mm-hmm. As much as he was an Indianapolis Colt, he is a he was a Denver Bronco too, and there's a reason why he's still around this city. Like, look, he he could – like. There, I'm not slaying any slight to Indiana or, or Indianapolis or whatever, but he's not showing up to Pacers games. Mm-hmm. He's not showing up to uh, – um, Oh, like that's the only other team they have. That's the only. <laughs> team. Oh my god! Yeah, he sure is not showing up to not Pacers showing up games. Not showing up to Indiana University basketball games. Yeah, but. like like 
like I mean, there's a reason. Shout out Jeremy, by the way. We love Indiana. No slight to Indiana. But um, but Peyton. I is feel like the, grown, the, the he is, like I said he is the city's yeah. poster boy. The Colts fans don't want to let him go because of the history with Elway in that franchise, and then having their quarterback that they drafted and built their city. Because the reason that the Colts have that brand new or not brand new anymore, but that newer stadium and the dome was because Peyton Manning brought them to relevancy, and they won 13 games a season for like 10 years in a row. It was incredible. Like, that was the one you can count on a couple things on Sundays. Uh, the Colts were going to score 45 points, and, you know, Patriots were going to win. Junior Seau was going to have 10 tackles a game. That used to be the NFL. So, I think that's why the Colts fans are like, no, don't take Peyton. It, don't it, take Peyton. It, it, it is kind of, I, I'm not a Colts fan at all for whatsoever reason, but it's got to hurt a little bit. Like seeing him at Nuggets game, seeing him him at Rockies game. It's like having your like, uh, like being married and then you get a divorce and it was amicable, but like now they're flaunting the new person in front of you and you're like, I get it, okay, I get it, yeah, I know they got you a ring too, because that's that used to be what they had. If that was Peyton never won a Colts, ring here, yeah. The Colts rooted so hard for the Panthers in Super Bowl Fifty. They did not want Peyton Manning to have a Super Bowl ring in Denver because that was the one thing they could always claim over his career. And then it ended up happening. You know, Cam Newton didn't fight for that fumble. And now here we are. Peyton Manning's a Denver Bronco. Sorry, Indianapolis. It's just how it it's is the way it things is. are. It is what, I'm, I'm just – I'm not saying he's not an Indianapolis Colt. I'm just saying he lives here in Denver. He shows up to Rockies games, shows up to Nuggets games, shows up to Avs games for a reason. That's all I'm going to say. All right. All right. Go from that hot take to what's what, what's your off the hinges presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. All right. Here we go. So obviously, blockbuster movie came out this weekend, and a guy by the name of LeBron James re- reinvented, recreated an old classic movie by the name of Space Jam. Arguably the most fun, kid-hearted basketball movie franchises of all time. It is what the Mighty Ducks is to hockey. It is what the Sandlot is to baseball. It's That's the Space Jam for basketball. You don't like Like Mike? Okay, Like Mike. I, oh, my God. I can't. I love Like Mike. I like, uh, you can throw Like Mike one, in the conversation. The first too. one, not the second one. Yeah, you can throw Like Mike in the conversation, too. But I, I have slight with you. I have slight with every single oh. out-of-college Wanna be movie critic because this is a kids movie. I get it. <laughs> this yeah. is a kids movie. Yeah. It appealed. It tried to appeal to us. Bring you the Austin Power. I'm uh, spoiler alert. Just put that out there. Probably not going to have a lot of spoilers. Spoiler alert. The you Austin Powers. Watch it on HBO. Yeah. The Austin so. Powers reference was hilarious. I thought the yeah. different references where they did whatever. Like it's the Looney Tunes. Look, people hated uh, Back in Action, Louis Tunes Back in Action. I, I loved that, it. I love that movie. I loved it. I love that movie. Like, like, like people hated it. What did you expect? It is Space Jam. It is the most it – is, it, is it, is, it is fiction. It is out of – like, it is the most wildest thing you could think of. I'm in no world because I want to know where you had an issue with – I don't think that in, – In no world, this, first of all, LeBron, his ego, he, he played it perfectly. Because he, he made fun but of himself. he also made sure that they got all of his highlights in there before. They did that for Jordan. I know. They did. I know. I know. <laughs> they I'm did not that for that Jordan. Jordan also That's what had. I said. I said Warner Brothers has experience in, you know, dealing with the massive ego of a superstar. Jordan had a 10-episode 10, 10 series come out last year. You want to talk about ego stroking. Oh, I'm, 
wait, wait ten years after LeBron retires, we're gonna have the same damn thing. I, I'm just like, like, look, LeBron. Everybody, everybody came into the notion of the movie saying this movie's gonna fucking suck because it's LeBron. <laughs> That's that's the fact of the matter is you gotta come into it with an open mind and think well should the story have been a little bit it was a little bit weird yes the video game stuff I thought it was very very intriguing because this new they generation of kids it. they needed to do yeah it. they it was a, it, it's it, you weren't gonna have a monsters thing all over again I thought inter, answer like having the little monsters there was funny I, I thought yeah. the video game aspect was genius because, although the the bring up to it wasn't the smartest, but the, the, the aspect of it was genius because that's the world we live in where everybody now plays some sort of video game, including the WNBA players was a good touch. Diana Taurasi and, yeah. and Rekaniki was genius. I mean, there's everybody just came Porky at pig it. Rapping. Bell oh, Porky Pig rapping had me dead. All the the, the eight mile yeah. rap on top of that. I was. That's, I did that in the theater. Everybody I, from the three. I, also, I I gotta go in and say that when I sat down in the theater, I had a beer in my hand. I don't know if you should be doing that. I one. need it, but I the, in my head because Space Jam came out in 1997. So the in year my head, we were born. Yeah, I was like, I now that I can, like, I need to see Space Jam and have a beer while I do it. I did go in. I knew that it wasn't gonna be. Uh, an Oscar-winning movie. It's not Goodfellas. I know that. I knew. I knew that. I did. I never said anything bad about it's, it. I think it was good. The six out of ten was a little harsh. For a kids' movie, it's an eight. For a movie in general, I think a seven. I don't know. Like like a kids' movie. Kids loved it. The original got a six, though. That was the thing. that was also stupid. I okay. I'll say that was stupid too. But like the originality of having everything, you you put a completely different spin on it. You yeah. you added a bunch of different aspects. The Game of Thrones people were there. King Kong was there. The Superman Batman scene I thought that was hilarious yeah. with the with the uh, League of Justice. They added so many different elements that people are just saying. I'm still a it's LeBron. For Looney Tunes. I could just sit there. I know. I love Looney Tunes. Duck season. Rabbit season. <laughs> Duck season. Like like everybody just relax a little bit. It's not a kids movie. Like, oh, sorry, it is a kids movie. It's not an adult movie. We are not. That movie was not made for us. It was not. It was. It was. It was intended. It was a G rating for a reason, <laughs> or what? Whatever the lowest is. I don't know. What Do it's you think that they should have had LeBron's kids' names be their actual names? I, that was the one heart. The one thing I had bad about it yeah. was not seeing LeBron's kid. Like, like, like. I know Bronny probably doesn't have time to film movies too, but yeah, because they I probably also didn't, because there's a whole, there's a bunch of legal stuff in California about kids acting and everything. Like that's that. why I thought that that's the one hark, the one bad thing I have about it, because I there was weird that wasn't his wife, because I've seen his wife in person, I've seen Bronny play as a, in high school mm-hmm. when, I, when I saw him in Arizona play. So that was the one I was like, this is just so. Maybe weird. they that's did the it because weird. they didn't, because uh, I think Bryce is his second second son, and Bryce is actually like Bryce is. Isn't Bryce, so Bryce was Dom, quote unquote. Yeah, I know. Bronny was the older but Bryce one. Bryce yeah. isn't not interested in playing basketball. Yeah, Bryce is still good for his good age, for his age. Yeah. yeah. So, but that that movie Dom or whatever was basically based off of Bryce. Why did he put a do rag on to go to bed? They, they do that. Because it keeps the hair in place. It, like it, I, I get, I get I, it. it I, just I, don't seemed, I don't know. There was a lot of extra. I, that was all I focused on in that whole scene. I didn't even listen to a lick of the dialogue. So, I, it, I, don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed and, it. And thoroughly. I think that they did the right things because I don't think that it was a sequel. And I think the monsters being in there made it so that it wasn't a sequel. Like, in my mind, 
Space Jam, the movie, like the original with Michael Jordan, existed in that universe, and that's why the Monstars were in the serververse. It's nerdy thing. I don't. And man, I we, studied movies in college, so yeah, I'm the one to be critic. That and you and for everybody harking at LeBron, man, we had a, we had an appearance by Michael Jordan too. That's all I'm gonna say. Michael. <laughs> so that's all. There's appearance by Michael Jordan. That's all I'm gonna say. You're gonna have to watch it. If you, if you have watched it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you have to watch it. I like that they made Granny an alcoholic too. That was kind of funny. That was fun. Oh man, with her crossover move too. The day, the, the all the 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 moves by Damian Lillard was genius. I thought that was that was the the brow stuff, the wet like water fireball. It was it was very very clever. Wet fire. <laughs> I don't think fire. I, I don't know what is is fire. Can fire be wet? And is is there wet? was just a fire in the ocean a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. The oil spill. I don't know. Uh, hopefully that's all taken care of. <laughs> yeah. No offense. I did. I said that with no offense. All due respect. Okay, my off the hinges um, is the New York Yankees because even though we swept the Red Sox, we had to make sure that we were still at the bottom and the, just the depravity of sports fandom. We had a guy throw a ball at Alex Verdugo in the fucking outfield. I don't know why. He's banned for li- banned from every ballpark for life now. We'll see how... It's, I- it's the same bad look like we were talking about with the 27-year-old... Hoochies that were wearing the New York Yankees jerseys, like flipping off the Red Sox fans earlier in the season after the Red Sox swept them, like twenty-seven rings, twenty-seven rings. Like God, there's a reason why people hate us. There's a reason why the Yankees are called the Evil Empire. We're assholes. To be fair, I heard rumors that Verdugo threw that ball up there and it was a ten for the Red Sox fan. He wanted to throw it back eventually, and he just did it at a bad time. I don't know. All I'm saying is, you guys never cease to amaze me. The Yankees never do. So, I don't even. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. We can never do anything right. We go two steps forward and then take ten steps backward. That's the Yankee way. It's like being a fan of the mafia. It makes no. It makes no sense at all. <laughs> Basically, watching, is that because I'm the mafia, watching the Sopranos. The mafia would be Yankees fans too. Yeah, that's true. I'm watching the Sopranos right now. And I feel the same exact way watching what those guys do as I do watching the Yankees fans out in the Bronx. Like, God, I'm associated with you guys. Come on. <laughs> you threw the ball at the back of his head. He wasn't looking. At least throw it at his face so he has a chance to catch it. You could be like, no, I was just tossing him the ball back. That's Play all catch, I was doing. Yeah. Okay, now let's get back into uh, Fact or Cap, presented by Fanatics.com. Go to the Fanatics link in our bio. If you saw those all-star jerseys, I'm sure there's a discount or some deal running on Fanatics. Go get you one of those. Uh, we, we didn't like them going into it, but when you see them on the they field, they look pretty us. good. Pause on that, but they grew on us. Let's yeah. just say that. They, they definitely grew on us. For Also, Team USA gear. There's some yeah. stuff on there, too, for the Olympics. Get geared up and be ready for all that, too. Yeah, hopefully we got a lot of uh, gold medal shirts coming our way. Hopefully that's something that they'll do. But uh, factor cap. We've gone after some heavy hitters the past few weeks. We've had two gambling scandals with Jordan and Pete Rose last week, and then I did the Phantom Punch, which involved the Mafia. Um, and it turns out I watched a, I ended up watching a documentary on Sonny Liston after we talked about that, and he was friends with, like, Lucky Luciano, who is a second-in-command of one of the major crime families. So he was entrenched in the Mafia. He was that guy. So <laughs> it, it could, you know, maybe – Maybe he needed to pay some debts, and the Italians don't play around when don't mess around when that happens. Um, but this one, I'm going back to baseball, and we're looking at one of the all-time, I'd say, greatest records in sports history, and that's Cal Ripken's Ironman record: 2,632 consecutive games played in and started. 
And it's a hell of a toll on the body. It's a hell of a toll on the mind. But there might have to be an asterisk that we put there. Maybe like a tinge of is it is not it, a Houston asterisk, but but an, but, no. a, but a but a but a footnote. Yeah, there's no footnote. trash cans here. But uh, there was a night in August. The Orioles were having a home game, and they had to cancel due to a blackout. And somebody unplugged the power system, and they couldn't reboot it. So you know. The stadium, the million-dollar facility, they were not able to turn the lights back on, so they had to cancel the game. And uh, Cal Ripkins, who was not going to play in the game, but since they canceled it, it didn't go against his record. He was still able to continue on and and, uh, end up setting the Ironman. And there might be a little bit more to that story that maybe, you know, apparently his good buddy Kevin Costner, yes, that Kevin Costner, the, the actor, yes, dances with dances with wolves. Kevin Costner had some fun with Cal Ripken's wife. You know, being uh, a normal human being, this would be very mentally distraught. You, we talked about it. You got to be mentally tough to do what he was doing. Didn't really feel like playing that night, so maybe the Orioles were like, you know, we can give Cal a break, and this will help us out. We want to make sure that he gets this thing done. Uh, and maybe the Orioles were like, you know, we're, we're just gonna we're gonna figure out a way so that the MLB can cancel this game. Basically, they pulled a bull Durham and went to the field and like turned on the sprinklers too long. He's like, oh no, we got rained out. We can't play. Uh, so Cal can just go home, right? You can just go home and lay down and call his divorce lawyer or something. Yeah, this is a very interesting one because look, I don't know a whole lot about baseball, but I know Cal Ripken. That's that's most general sports fans' knowledge of Baltimore Orioles. Mm. No offense, the Orioles. I love Trey Mancini, that story, but the Baltimore Orioles. It's Kyle Ripken, and that's about it. And this record is is like is like untouchable. Like they're they're. I don't think it'll ever be touched by anyone. Mm. I, I I think this is it's just ridiculous how long this is. I am gonna go. I don't know about the 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 sleeping with his wife. But I will go with a fact that they the tried. Orioles probably did the Orioles did the something along the way to make sure this streak happened, because it is like I said, Baltimore at the time. I'm not sure what years this was, but it's not like this was the Colts. 1997. Oh, so the, so they had the Ravens by then, uh, but the Ravens were a new were a new thing. Baltimore mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of sports. It was Cal Ripken's town. Yeah, and that record was the only thing that basically brought teams to the stadium because it's not like the Orioles were that great of a team or maybe I'm wrong. They're, yeah, they're, I'm not wrong. They weren't that great of a team. So that's the only thing anybody was holding on to. So I'm going to go with the fact that they uh, um, that they budged, that, the, numbers. They budged yeah. the numbers, that they that they had a blackout to make sure that the streak kept going because, I, like I said, that it's it's having, a, having the lights go out in a baseball game, that is a 15-minute – break yeah this this ain't because wrigley had the thing where they had never had night games right until he added lights wrigley's like 100 years old that makes sense that makes sense but like but like baltimore stadium wasn't that old to where they would have one circuit board and if it blew they were like oh well we got to call frank and he only works from like nine to two in the afternoon so we're gonna have to get him and see if he can come out tomorrow and then he'll decide if he can do the job it would be it's just not you know it's a, it's it wasn't candle. The, the other the other park that it kind of had this happen. It's not Candlestick Park. Remember that Forty ers game where the lights yeah, just the, blew out. Yeah, it's not that situation either. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I you could have figured out something to play. Like they, this they, was also during the time where baseball was going through the most cheating of any sport. Like who does? There who was knows, a, yeah. Maybe Cal Ripken was, you know, not not putting any rumors out there, but there's a good possibility he was doing something to make sure that his body could stay healthy. I've I've watched a documentary on his on his record. I'm not taking anything away from the guy, and I think the you know you take advantage of whatever you can but who who's to say that maybe he was maybe it wasn't necessarily the wife thing maybe it was an injury maybe it was traffic maybe it was something else that 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 played in play but i do think that there was definitely some fishy stuff that caused it because like i said that record on a, on a random baseball game mm-hmm. one night like like there was, there was no way that you didn't want it to be broken by something that if you if it was going to be broken you'd have wanted him to like dive for a ground ball and it end up breaking his arm and he couldn't physically play or something. <laughs> that's pretty I know cruel, that you're but not wanting that's... for that, but that would be a, it's a, it's like the respectable way to go out. Like a, a soldier wants to go out in the field of battle, it doesn't want to go out because I slept wrong on my neck one night and I can't physically like turn my head some something. So I don't know. I think that. You know, Cal Ripken's a Hall of Famer. It ended up working out for him. And in that situation, as a player, I'd do whatever I can to get that record. If yeah. I'm the, the team, you're, too. You're like, like I said, the team, too. Yeah. You're, you're never going to get this close to doing this again. So let's take advantage of it. Let's go full throttle. And this will be the stamp that you're able to leave on, on history and on the game. And he ended up doing it. I just found it hilarious that they said Kevin Costner, as the baseball movie fan that I am, if you've seen Bull Durham, Crash Davis has a way with the ladies, and Kevin Costner played Crash Davis, so it just made sense. I was like, "Oh, of course, he slept with it." It was. It reminds me of uh, Major League when Wild Thing was in with Dorn's wife. He's like, "I had no idea. I just I didn't know that it was his wife." <laughs> the, like baseball stories in like the '90s are so just like interesting because everybody was on steroids. Everybody was uh, smoking c- cigarettes on the bench or, and everyone Adderall so that they could stay focused. Stay focused. The whole time. Yeah. That was a, that was a sore in the baseball, baseball world for a lot of years. Robin Williams has that great bit where he's like, I slide in head first. And I, it looks just like a line of Coke down all the way. There. It's like sliding head first. It's like, Oh, I'm up now. Yeah. The, it's uh, a <laughs> baseball. For as boring as the game is, I would say baseball might have the wildest. Them and hockey might have the wildest players off of the yeah. playing surfaces. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would. Ooh, ooh, uh, Dennis Rodman makes a good case. <laughs> that was one man. Dennis Rodman. That was one man. <laughs> Dennis Rodman makes Dennis a pretty Rodman's damn good case. Of, Dennis Rodman's in a league of his own, just like the Phoenix Suns are in a league of their own uh, when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, there's, 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 Des Robin makes up for a lot of people, though. That's the one thing you gotta think about, though. Yeah, no, the fact that he missed practice, that uh, he could be on WCW Nitro and wrestle Hulk Hogan, and had a had a had a three day break, yeah. and and uh, for a for a trip in Vegas, seventy two hours. That they had to go drag him back from. Yeah, married Madonna, and and Carmen Electra. I also I'm saying I think I think Des Rodman can take the cake for a lot of players. You know, I I didn't know if I was gonna bring this up, but I might as well. Devin Booker's voice bugs me because oh his gosh. voice doesn't match him. Oh, it doesn't. And he was so pissed off. Well, you'll probably you probably heard about this earlier on when we recorded the day after this, but the, the he's. Oh my god, it it's, does it's, it's, like, it's kind of funny. I, I all I saw I was because he was getting interviewed by everybody today. 
and it was the video where he was talking about all his cars and he was flexing, but I couldn't even pay attention to the fact it's like which which old coupe do you want me to bring out? I was like, dude, your voice. He, he's who's a talking voice. for you? He's a deep voice. Yeah, like, who he's is a very off, deep voice. Who's off to the side of the camera making that voice for you, man? Just just speak your truth, dude. You don't have to you don't have to be a tough guy all the time. Come on, D book. Oh man. Oh, uh, since we're recording this before the finals, uh, are you got any? Are we gonna be going longer than six games? We'll be able no. to. We'll come back tomorrow I'll night say and, no. and we'll decide if I'll this say is no. Okay. I'll say no, and I'll be an idiot when you hear this in two, t- 10 seconds. All right, so let's get into Beats of the Week. Let's try and win. And the I people. will say, I was right. If you listened 10 seconds ago, I said Bucks at six. I was right. That's all I'm going to say. It's true. Yeah. Nico did call it. I was like, "We're uh, give me a prediction and we'll either look like a hero or an idiot. And Nico came out the hero. So obviously that would happen. Um, but yeah, let's get into some of the, some of these lines. It'll be interesting now. Hey, Nico, you feel that you feel that weight <clears throat> off your shoulders. That's us in the fir- midst of our first off season as a sports podcast. Finally an off season. Yeah. Everything happening at once. Um, so we can take a little bit of time, but also that's going to mean the betting lines get a little bit slimmer. So what, what do you got to start for our, so, our bench members? <laughs> way too early predictions, but I saw th- this happens after every single championship. So fuck it. Let's throw it out there. Nuggets to win the NBA finals in 2022 plus 2,500. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. <laughs> Why not? I, 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 I think it's always funny. Cause you always see the bleacher report, the SP, ESPN message with the, way too early prediction lines or whatever right Mm -hmm. now the betting favorite is the nets second favorite is the lakers third favorite is the bucks the fourth favorite golden state warriors what the fuck are we doing they may be back they may be back with clay with with fire water guy whatever whatever his name fire water that's that's what it is yeah yeah fire water guy being back maybe they're better but this golden state is past their prime i'm sorry I'm going to eat this, eat these words 100% in a few months now, but they're past their prime. It's uh, crazy to think, like, they're always – I remember last season we were like, they get one of the top picks this season, and they should get Clay. Obviously, Clay was expected to be back already and, and team back up with Steph. But they, for whatever reason, normally have that backing. Um, I, I got my first line here number one seed in the AFC playoffs for the next NFL season, because yes, the NFL season is coming back. We're about a month. The teams are starting to report to camp. We're about a month from preseason games. And then we got meaningful football back in September. Um, let's see the Buffalo bills to get the number one seed in the AFC plus four seventy. Now this is, this is putting in kind of into account, you know, Aaron Rodgers being in orange and blue. If he's there, Kansas City is going to have to fight like hell to get that one seed. Even just to be the first team in their division, Buffalo in the AFC East, so much easier of a time. Why not? I, I know you're going to hate for me, hate me for saying this, but don't sleep on the Browns. The They're Browns, plus 800. The Browns, the Browns may be one of the more talented teams with, with, their, with their weapon core getting Odell back and, and adding Clowney to that defense. I know you don't like hearing that, but I still think the Chiefs will give it up one seed if the Broncos don't get Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, the Browns may be a, a little more intriguing than Buffalo because Buffalo may – they didn't really do a whole lot to add to the team this offseason. 
Um, so I don't, <clears throat> I don't know if if they're really gonna stay with that. <clears throat> they will, they'll win their division because their division yeah. sucks. But but I don't know about the number one seed. I uh, the Ravens. Uh, the only reason I didn't say the Browns, the Ravens have better odds right now than the Browns do to get the uh, on the number one seed betting because they're expecting them to kind of come back with a vengeance after losing last year in the playoffs the way that they did. But um, I don't know. I think I don't know about that. it's kind of how much do you have faith in Josh Allen for him to continue on this upward trajectory or was last year a little bit of an outlier and, and we'll see what happens with that. But uh, what's your next line that you got for my, my next line? We talked about them in the hour before TVSA first game is Sunday opening ceremonies is Friday. Mm-hmm. Oh man. And, and as you're listening to this, this morning, the first event started men's soccer or yeah, men's soccer or, and softball were the first two sports that start Wednesday morning as you're listening to this. So, you know, me, that's the only thing I'm going to be watching on my TV. Now that basketball is done. So mm-hmm. I cannot wait, but first game for team USA basketball is Sunday against the French. And right now they're opening up as a minus 11 and a half favorite. They're a minus 1000 to win. Don't take that one because they're going to win. I'm just, I'm guaranteeing Charles Barkley fucking guaranteed that shit, but minus 11 and a half, let's hammer that minus 114 are the odds on that to win by over by win to win by 12 points. I, I look, France is a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they're fucking not team USA. God damn it. They're fucking not team USA. That's all I'm going to say. Team USA win by 11 and a half points on Sunday at minus 114. Take that one. I like it. Uh, put some pressure on, Make make it a little bit even more interesting for yourself if you're a USA basketball fan. Put some put some real money on the line. I got two Olympic ones for you as well, but they're Olympic wrestling ones. So I'll start. I figured those are coming. Oh, I, I Fanduel messed up and they made it its own like section. So this is where I'm living. But uh, 97 kilograms, so 213 pounds. Kyle Snyder is the USA representative. This guy. When he was 19, he won a world championship, an Olympic gold medal, and a national championship all in the span of like six months. In a six-month period, he became that decorated of a, of a wrestler. This is his chance to defend that title, plus 600 in this weight class. He does have a couple of tough guys in there, but Kyle Snyder – he's one of those you know wrestlers are different kind, different breed. I have a lot of faith in Kyle Snyder coming back and representing the U S at 97 kilograms. And at least, you know, if he's not winning the gold medal, he's going to be in that final match and be on the podium. So uh, right now, Kyle Snyder to win the gold medal is plus 600, but uh, be, be watching out for him as he moves through that tournament. That's uh, if you're a wrestling fan, freestyle wrestling is going to be so much fun to watch this year. Honestly, man, if you're, if you're a UFC fan, like just in general, do yourself a favor. Watch, watch the judo, watch the jujitsu, watch the taekwondo, which I have a part in, obviously, and then watch the wrestling because all that has is is specialized with what these Olympic athletes have. And like, I'm going to keep a close eye on all those because I love watching them now, being a part of it. And I cannot, like I said, <laughs> the Olympics is going to be on my. Like I'm thankful because because Japan is an hour difference, so. At nighttime for us, like for like at seven, like there's events that start at seven o'clock our time. That's at noon in Tokyo, so <laughs> that's fucking fantastic. Yeah, that's a good, I, that's I, a good time I, difference. I, yeah, I mean some of the some of the stuff start at four a.m. six a.m. Like 
the big events because they're nighttime. But there's some events that are late at night. So that's music to my fucking ears. Because I, because I, because yes, I was one of the people that woke up at 3 a.m. when, when, when Russia played TBSA in hockey, and that that the TJ Oshi goal was mm-hmm. at 5 a.m. in the morning. And I woke up my parents on a Saturday morning because I was yelling at the TV watching TJ Oshi score those goals. So I'm just glad that I can a listen to it on my drive to work and b fall asleep basically to the olympics that is like 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 i said this is this may be a hot take i don't think it's a hot take the olympics is the great the best sporting event in the world i i think by by far none every four years doesn't matter if it's winter or summer i think the olympics is the best sporting event in the world every the whole world stops and watches whatever is going on at the olympics you can't like the world cup is the only one that i guess world cup and super bowl the only two that i think compete with that where the whole world watches but the olympics are a spectacle on its own and i cannot wait to watch it all so yeah i want what's your do you have what's your other wrestling line then uh the 125 kilograms so the 275 pound weight class gable stevenson who i've talked to you about he's the heavyweight from minnesota that can do a round off into a backflip with no hands uh he is plus 500 to win the gold medal at the 125 kilo weight class i'm going to tell you right now when we do that watch along for olympic wrestling it's going to either be a kyle it's going to be one of three guys three names that i'll put out there to watch for any wrestling fans that are listening to this david taylor at 86 kilograms one of the greatest collegiate wrestlers and now like he dominates i don't think he's surrendered a point in almost a year and a half of competition international or domestic to make the team. So David Taylor at 86, Kyle Snyder at 97 and Gable Stevenson at 125. Those are the top three wrestlers for America that have the chance to bring home the gold medal. Those are three guys that I'm going to be watching pretty much every minute of as they compete. And uh, one of those three guys will, will be the match that we watch along. And I'll, I'll teach you some freestyle wrestling, uh, teach you what to look for in freestyle wrestling, but plus 500 Gable Stevenson, Dude's a freak. Dude is an absolute uh, animal. Th- those videos you showed me, the, the dude's f- at 275 pounds. They're, they're, I think the only athletes that at that size can do that are basketball players. <laughs> but, oh, but man. still, like, like the way, oh my God, just unreal. Wrestlers mm-hmm. are different. Did you wow. see that? Well, before it, it was uh, the Greco Roman, but did you see the Alexander Karelin video that I retweeted a couple weeks oh, ago? Oh, I did. Yes. I did, where yeah. he picked up the other 275 pound guy from a dead plank on the ground and just, held him and then flipped him over the back yeah i'm excited sorry go ahead with your your last my my last one so i mean look no basketball no hockey football a few months or a month or so away you know what we always can rely back on a good old ufc baby Mm -hmm. we got a damn good card this weekend it's not a pay-per-view card but boy oh boy is this a good card first of all there's a few ones that I like here. First of all, Macy Barber, underdog, hammer that. That's not my beat of the week. I have another one coming up. Another one, Ian Heinish, another guy fighting from Denver, Colorado, who's on the card. He's the favorite, though. Hammer that one, too. But the main event, we have TJ Killishaw back after the two-year. TJ EPO. Yeah, EPO Killishaw. Back after his steroid use from two years ago where he, where he lost to. Um, Henry Cejudo, and then got tested for steroids against another Colorado boy in Corey Sandhagen. Two guys who trained out of Colorado, fun fact, because Bill Shaw out of um, – oh, my God. Is he Elevate team or, or he, Yeah, he's team muscle farm, which changed out of here. And I think – I'm pretty sure uh, Sandhagen's either elevation or he's a 
Oh my god, what's he's not the same one as Magni. So it's not elevation, it's the other one then. Oh yeah. my god, I can't I can't remember. 280 fight club. <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. But he's so I am gonna take this is I know you're not gonna like this one. I'm gonna take Dillashaw. Dillashaw plus 160. Yes, he, he, he was on roids, but the dude is fucking animal. And I'm I'm interested to see this. I will definitely be uh yeah, I probably still will be watching it Saturday night, even though the Olympics or the USA Taekwondo Olympics is the girl the girl that I know is fighting on on Saturday night. So I'll be watching her. But Dillashaw, I definitely will be keeping an eye on that. Plus 160 in a return fight. Sam Hagen's an animal, don't get me wrong, but Dillashaw, Dude. Dillashaw's that guy, man. Sam Hagen's 5'11". <clears throat> and did you see what he did in his last fight? The flying knee... It's, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be an entertaining fight. That's a it's a great card for a fight night, though. So, and I I, I was a Dillashaw fan. I was because because like I said, he trains here and everything, and and he, he's got. I mean, I, I thought I liked all the, when he was at Alpha Male. Yeah, he became a. Jerk. All the Alpha Male shit was hilarious though, with yeah. the snake in the water and 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 that shit's funny with Uri Faber. I think that's hilarious, and his beef with uh um. Garbrandt, I think that's all shit's funny. So, like I said, I, I like. I, 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 I will put well. put this out there. It has been confirmed that he wasn't all the fights that he won leading up to the Henry Cejudo fight. He was not on EPO because the way you saw it works is when you test positive the one time, they take all of their other samples that they had from you and test all Trust of them yeah. for whatever you popped for, and nothing else was flagged for TJ Dillashaw. And so. he he had a cut like because he tried to be a double champ at the time. Yeah. And he had to cut like to a weight class he's never done before, which is no excuse. He shouldn't have done it, but still. I think it, still it's bad. even more ironic that it didn't work out and he still got knocked out because that was the whole point of being on EPO so that he can maintain that endurance he has at 135, cutting the extra 10 pounds and didn't even work. Henry Cejudo is not a knockout artist and Henry Cejudo knocked him out. Yeah, and I saw those even, punches that he ate from Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt hits twice as hard as Henry Cejudo does, at least. All right, that's uh, beats of the week. For this week, do you want to just go ahead and, and tell let's, everybody who are let's players? let's 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 do player of the week last. Let's do player okay. of the week because I want to I want to hear yours because I know you got a good one. Yeah, no, I I was watching some soccer over the weekend. Who'd have thought? <laughs> I was at my uh, uncle's house, and the the cousin who belongs to that uncle is a big soccer fan. So he turned on the Concacaf final between USA and Canada before anybody else can get to the remote. And uh, that first, that goal, the what ended up being the deciding goal, scored in, I think, the first 15 or 30 seconds, one of the two. It was a beautiful setup. I loved it. It was like watching hockey. It was, you had the guy behind the net almost, quote, unquote. I know you can't go behind the net in soccer. Put it out in front, killed at home, and then they ended up holding on. So that, that goal, U.S. men's national team scored. Watching the men's national team isn't as disappointing as it used to be. So that's basically why it gets my play of the week. Uh, that, that was a cool goal and cool if that they had, won their group. If you ever want to feel like the USA is that much better than everyone else, just watch U.S. women's soccer because yeah. we fucking kill everybody. Um, but that, that's interesting. Don't watch the men's. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the, the men's were on the rise a little bit. Shout out to Nancy. It is the CONCACAF final and not the Euros. I know we can't be in the Euro final, but – not the World Cup or anything. That, or that either, or that yeah. Matter, yeah. Or what the um, Olympics are going to look like. That's true. So play, for my player leak, I have an honorable mention. First of all, like I said, the or the PLL All-Star game was this past weekend. There was a goalie BTB behind the back 
goal that was just nuts that I saw that, that I, I, I forgot the guy. I think it might have been Blaze Riordan, the goalie for the chaos. He had an all-star goal that was unreal. Coast-to-coast goalie goals are just insane in general. But it's easy what the play of the week is. It is Giannis's block in game five. He got up. Block. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to go with the dunk to finish it. The dunk was nice, but but you want to talk about some of the greatest blocks in NBA Finals history? Obviously, the LeBron one, the chase down is number one. But this block right here may have been number two, because this is we were it was a tie game mm-hmm. with the Suns a chance with a minute left. The Suns had a chance to go up, and DeAndre Ayton had the easiest lob, like one of the best lobs CP3 has ever thrown him. And Giannis goes up, comes help side from help side, comes over, blocks that shit. He. Like I said, all out effort, all out heart. He just put on, and it was it was an unreal block, man. That that picture will be etched in history. The the dunk will be etched in history. I mean, do you think that's? Yeah. Do you think that block is the turning point of the series? Because since oh yeah, that was that was kind of like the exclamation point. Oh yeah, because after that block, the Bucks had all of them, and they come down, get a bucket, they have the lead, and it's just basically the game over there because that crushed their souls. Suns had a chance with that eight, eight and dunk, and and Giannis just said, "Nope, not today." He watched the value, and he was like, "That ain't, that is not happening today." The Ante Tukupo says, "No," he did his best uh, Mount Matumbo impression in that one, so. Yeah, and then you might we might as well just tell everybody now that he was part of our play play of the week. Our player of the week is the NBA Finals MVP, the Greek Freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, now NBA champion. Yeah, which... let me let me read off these accomplishments. By the way, twenty six years old. Just think about this. At age twenty six, Giannis is a two time back to back MVP, five time NBA All Star. Three-time NBA All-First Team, two-time All-NBA Second Team, NBA Most Improved Player, NBA Defensive Player of the Year, and now NBA Finals Champion and NBA Finals MVP. All by the age of 26. Ladies and gentlemen, I said this last week, we could be seeing the greatest international player of all time. We He is... Oh man, this is this is this is very very tough to say this because I have a lot of fun guys I can think about. With t- he is top five power forward of all time. He is he could be top two, top three at the end of his career. And the top three for me is it will and always will be uh, Tim Duncan, uh, KG, and Dirk. Mm-hmm. And then after that, there's there's a second tier. But Giannis could be in that conversation. Very, very soon. And he, he, I mean, age 26. If he stays on this path, this is his league. This is his league. He's only getting he's better. Him, like, he is, he is only getting better. He is only growing more pals than that. He is only, he is, the, he is the man. And I don't care if you cannot pronounce his last name. I can't pronounce his last name. Giannis. That's, you can fucking pronounce Giannis. Giannis is the face of basketball, whether you like her or not. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith probably doesn't like it, but. He has to deal with it now. Uh, that's going to bring us to an end here on the 50th episode of the far end of the bench. I can't believe we made it to 50, but uh, yeah, it this was a jam packed one. Like we said, we're finally into our first off season. So we're going to start bringing you some new content, new segments um, throughout the week so that we can make sure that we continue to fill up our two hour obligation on the unhinged sports network. But we also love producing new content for you guys. This will be fun for us to try something different. Um, like I said, we got the watch along coming up. 
how it could have sounded is going to start coming through here. Factor cap, which you guys heard about just a little bit ago, and you'll be able to see the video on Friday and vote in the poll and let us know who you think is uh, right on, on this sports conspiracy theory. So all of that will continue on. Then obviously football coming back, we'll be on cover six again for the unhinged sports network. So it's not going to slow down. It'll feel like it's slowing down for a little bit, but we're just ramping it right back up for the fall. Um, Anyways, be that as it may, be sure to follow us at FEOTB pod, all of our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. subscribe to our YouTube channel, the far end of the bench. If you are subscribed, unsubscribe and resubscribe, continue to put us out in the algorithm. Same thing with your podcasting apps that you listen on. And if you're listening on Apple podcasts, leave a five-star rating in a review. If you leave a five-star rating, we'll read whatever the review says on the podcasts, you know, within reason within reason we'll read what the review says but please please do do that for us and it seems minuscule it seems like it doesn't help but honestly that and telling your friends about us are the two big, biggest ways that you can help us out as a podcast continue to grow and make 50 episodes seem like a small feat compared to where we want to take this thing because we've gotten this far in 50 episodes we love everybody that has listened so far but this is not the goal this is where we are right now. We're going to continue to take it up as, as high as we can, but uh, yeah, we really appreciate everybody tuning in for this show. And I know, you know, we talk about it all the time. This is one of our favorite things to do each week. Yeah. Cheers to another 50. I, I keep losing my voice every week because I'm not of talk. I got my voice is starting to kill me now that I've, I've done this for so long, but cheers to another 50. We're almost to a year now mm-hmm. and we are, we are rolling. Like I said, no, no NBA, no NHL, no NFL for a little bit. But boy, oh boy, do we have a lot of fun stuff in store. Like I said, there's there's going to be so much more content around the Olympics, around, around the like I said, the watch-along, the how it should have sounded, the fact to cap. Like mm-hmm. I said, we... <laughs> We, we we come up with ideas. We we don't have we we don't we we like you know what maybe this would be an idea. You may have may see us here soon doing the hot ones challenge. Who knows? The, do like we like we we keep coming up with new things that that you guys will really really enjoy. We promise. Definitely. So with all that being said, thank you everybody for tuning in to this week's episode of the Far End of the Bench. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host Nico Bryant. We will see you guys next week. When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar belly was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them purses and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Elephants again, head of me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man, I got the plan. I call the shooters, they all but the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk, I'm going here. I'm going crazy, I'm yeah, sticking up for nigga. Let that music, I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell it for 30.